Hello and welcome to the last Randomer Nintendo of the year as of this recording and the first Ram Nintendo of the year as of your listening. It's Ram Ninten- Randomer Nintendo 11. I'm Jason to my virtual... I don't know. You pick a side, Kevin. What side are you on? I'm going to pick you first. Are you on my left or my right today? Uh, I'm in front of you. I'm above you, actually. Oh, you're in front of me. Okay. And you. Angel, are you left, right, behind, above, below? Um, what did it say? I'm on the floor above you somewhere. Okay. Well, in this... <laughs> so I'm trying to visualize this. So I'm saying somewhere, Kevin's directly in front of me, and you're a floor above just shouting down through, what, an open vent? No, there's intercoms. I'm oh. shouting these three. Oh, almost like we're actually recording this, where there's microphones and intercoms. Interesting. But yes, it is um, the final Randomer Nintendo of 2022, which means it is the Quarantinis, our annual awards of everything. <laughs> like, literally, there's not a better way to describe it. It's just the things we enjoyed in the year, which we'll get to, I guess, in the back half. Um, how are you guys feeling? Do you, do you have some good picks? Are you... Are you ready? Oh, have, do you like, have a drink? How, how, do you have a tuxedo? Nope. Nope. I've got water because I caught COVID again. So, damn. Oh, well, good thing our quarantinis are called quarantinis because any other award show would be in person. Yep. And you'd be spreading that COVID. Yep. How are you feeling? You feeling okay? I'm feeling good. Uh, I think everything's passed. The only thing that I had was like a cough that was going crazy the last couple of days, but that's completely gone by now. So I'm feeling all right. Well, I'm glad it was short-lived. That's good. I've usually this is the third third time's a charm, baby. This is the third time that I've had it, and the first How? two times I was completely <laughs> asymptomatic, and this time uh, I just had a cough, which, like I said, has pretty much gone away. So good. How well, I don't I'm glad know. your body seems how. to fight it well. Yeah, that's. I mean, to be asymptomatic twice and now only a cough—that's pretty lucky. Yep. Yeah. What about you, Angel? How are you doing? I assume not COVID. You don't have COVID. Hopefully. Yeah, no COVID yet, so I still don't know what that's like. Um, Same. Yeah, otherwise, you know, just been chilling, cleaning, fun stuff. Pretty much it. Nothing. Do you have, with an award show that sounds like martini, I got to ask, do you have anything? I only have water like Kevin, but are you sipping a fine libation as we send out 2022? Nope, nothing. Cool. Sober award show, the best type of award show. It's like a, it's like a Those wedding without an open bar. It'll be great. A sober award show. <laughs> I know, <laughs> I know. I'm kidding. Yeah, it's like a wedding without an open bar. Yeah. Well, uh, that actually begs the question: you Do imagine? you guys watch? I I know the game awards. We all watch because we've talked about it. Do you guys watch any other award shows at nope. all? Like, is this is the quarantine nope. the most awardy you get? Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Same. I typically don't watch any. The most exposure I get is just from you. Watching them. Right. Right. It's true. I do. I, I've been watching them a little less, though, to be honest. Like, I don't know what it is, but they're getting a little more. I mean, award shows in general are kind of a sinking ship, it feels like. Um, like the ratings are down, now? the excitement wow. is down. Well, I mean, like, I think I was caught up in the spectacle of things. And I don't mean, like, oh, celebrities. I mean, like, I like the music-based ones more because there's performances and those are cool but even those seem like they're getting a little kind of ho-hum like i remember the vmas used to do all these crazy elaborate set pieces and now they're just like stand in front of the screen and we'll put a backdrop that fits your song okay now here's another artist with a different backdrop oh we'll add a um a flower bed on the stage but they're still mostly the screen it's like it loses a lot of it's like pizzazz and it's just like vir- or, or even when they do like full virtual like i think the vmas this year like eminem and snoop dogg did like a weird nft performance and it was all cg and it's like what was the point of this so yeah but you know award shows great ours 
Quarantinis, although maybe we need a new name. Do we need a new name? I guess, actually, no, it's probably thing this year because you're quarantined, Kevin. But um, I feel like the show's name dates back to two podcasts ago for us when we had the Quarantine Chronicles, which then became Ram Nintendo, which is now Randomer Nintendo. So do we do we keep the name? Do we update the name? I think we keep it. I don't Legacy. know. Legacy. too I, good I, of a ring to it. I mean, Quarantinis is something. I was going to pitch the Ernie's. I was a pitch to Ernie's because ER from Random or Nintendo, no. and every award show seems to be named after a random person. So I've, Oscar I've, Toner, I've, Tony, I've, Ernie. I veto. Okay, well, we need consensus on that one. So fine, we won't do that. Um, should we treat this like a real award show though, where there's um, like you know the pre-show with the red carpet? Except instead of asking what we're wearing, I guess we just talk about the other things we've been up to leading into our awards at the end of the show. Uh, my least favorite part of any award show. <laughs> yes, let's do that. Yeah, no, same. But, I mean, I'm not going to Ryan Seacrest this, but, like, there's got to be stuff we've been watching, playing, doing. What have you guys been up to? Did you, what did you do over Christmas? Like, you know, we got to do the little interviews with the celebrity, with the big stars, us three, before we get to our awards. You know, that's how it always goes. I've been thinking a lot. I've been, thinking, been thinking. I've been thinking a lot, a lot, actually. Um, just about everything. Angel, your brother sounds dangerous. What? <laughs> Angel he said your thinking sounds dangerous. Angel, your brother <laughs> and you uh-huh. and and yourself, you guys love Sonic the Hedgehog, right? Yeah, you can say that. Or, or I at least I'm he very does. At least he by does. No, yeah, Where I is this Sonic. going? Now, your brother likes to bring up this one where it's about Sonic. About how he's cool. I say no he's not. He's not cool. And your brother always repeats the same thing. of, What do you mean? He's literally written to be cool. That doesn't make him cool. Like. What's your take on this? I concur. Are you asking me or or Angel? Angel. Angel. Um, I mean it's right there. He's written to be cool. cool. that's, That's not how it works though. I can't yeah, make a lame character. To be cool. uh, you're saying that I can make a lame character. Who's a lame character in anything? Um, uh, uh, um, uh, the um, the robot from Mr. Robot. The robot from Mr. Robot. All right, lame as hell. Robot in Mr. Robot. Lame as hell. Right. <laughs> yeah. And if you if you put on his character description, cool. As an to describe him, that doesn't automatically make him cool. Well, here's no, a prime of example not, because the design doesn't match that. Okay, that's that's exactly the thing with Sonic. I think what Obus means maybe that he's just designed to be cool. Maybe he's not written to be cool. One no, no name, not, a, not at one, all. One name to prove your point, Kevin Poochie. They did a whole Simpsons episode about a character that was designed to be the coolest thing ever. Was not Poochie. Perfect. I rest my case. You stand against them. Except that. Yes. Very yeah, <laughs> but that was also meant to be like an exaggeration of that persona, and it was also voiced by Homer. I don't know. Yeah, but it's but Sonic. the idea of Poochie. I, 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 I do get your point, though. I it was '90s cool distilled into a single anthropomorphic character, like, like to to El- like Sonic, <laughs> like like to Elvis. I feel like Sonic could be the lamest character ever, right? Like he just he just lame, but and you put cool in his description, and I was like, oh no, well I mean he's literally cool. It's it's in his description. Like that doesn't just make you cool. 
Well, it could also just be that like he just like Big the Cat liked him for so long that he cool just his name. doesn't even necessarily have a reason. He just really, really likes him. I mean, and absolutely, you're you're absolutely allowed to have that. But I just hate giving Sonic the pass that he's cool because it's in his character description. Nothing about it. Well, uh, Sonic isn't. But Kevin, cool. he has quips. He makes quips. He makes quips. All cool people quip. I feel like that's like a whole discussion we can always talk about. Now, this is the exact type of hot gossip you need coming out of a red carpet for an award show. This is perfect. So please, Kevin, keep going. That's (laughs) that's really just what I've been thinking about the last couple of days. I hate it when you mix that up. (laughs) So is there anyone in the Sonic universe to you, Kevin, that is legitimately cool, whether or not it's in their description? Oh. Is there is there like a character called Rush or something like that? I think it's something else. Yeah. Like Mega there's a game called Robo Sonic Dog. Rush. Oh, that's Rush. Yeah, yeah there's, that's Rush there's a Sonic. dog called Rush, and there's a game called Sonic Rush that involves a cat named Blaze. Blaze the cat is pretty cool. I like her. It's because her name's Blaze. Don't worry. Don't worry about why I like her. They're just they're just, they're just cool. Okay. <laughs> Fair. Okay. Angel, who's your favorite Sonic character? If you had to pick one, Sonic. Oh, that was an easy answer. Okay. Yeah. No context. He just wanted to be cool. Do you him. find him cool? Yeah. Sonic? Oh. Yeah, he's, yeah, that's he's written into that to be cool. So why oh, my. Oh, God. God. Here we go. Oh, God. Poochie. 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 Not because of anything he does or because I love his personality in the Sonic Boom show or just how he's portrayed. Simply because of the press release that says that he was written and designed to be cool. That is why I like I don't it. think there's ever a press release that's like, <laughs> we are Sega and we deem Sonic cool as written in b- the below legal I'm sure like, I'm along those lines. I'm sure there was like introducing our like new like, character. Cool for character. The, for the know, Sega Master System. And they probably used the word cool in there at some point. I mean, they definitely used the word attitude. Like, he was designed to be like the foil of Mario's like wholesomeness and like homebodiness. Like, he, Sonic was supposed to be the edgy guy. Yeah, like that. that is true. Yes, I rest my case. About his eyebrows, yeah. So, well, Kevin, while you're on your um, high horse of attacking the uh, the Salado family, um, you got robbed last episode. I got. You're supposed to talk about Vampire Survivor, somebody... and Angel just cut you off. Oh yeah. You, well, would you like to rob this? Because I I could have I could have easily stepped in and said, "Hey, what the hell? I want to talk talk some game." So I just left. Let's do that. Okay, that's fair. I was gonna say, but do you want animosity on air? I imagine not. So no, you're just no, taking the high ground. Of course, yeah. of course. <laughs> but do you want to talk about Vampire Survivor? I, I, and, I definitely and... want to talk some video game. Yeah, it's been a while. Yeah. All right. It has. So, Angel. See, see here. See on. We scared um, him I'm, off. I'm waiting for you to finish your sentence. Oh, Angel. <laughs> Uh, I I I was I was looking for for a for a uh, a response. Angel, what are you currently running in Marvel Snap? Um, still just a Ultron 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 Patriot deck. Patriot deck. So I so I finally got Ultra. So I finally got uh, Patriot. I finally I finally he was in my token shop. And I finally picked him up. I'm getting my ass beat with him. I'm running a Patriot Surfer deck. 
and I just can't, I just can't figure it out. I just keep getting beat. Yeah, I I don't go the surfer route with him. No, I mean I, I, it seems like it seems like you go either one way or the other. It's like you either treat uh, a surfer deck as just like a patriot deck, just without patriot, or you go the patriot route but without surfer. But I, I mean, obviously there are decks that have both. Yeah. And but, and some of those have been pretty pretty good. Like I keep on the subreddit, people keep saying that they're that that surfer patriot deck's really good. But I just maybe I just don't have the right cards. Maybe I need a mystique or a wong or something to. Yeah, to you definitely need a mystique. I mean, to give you an example, just like what I, I run, like I have like a wasp, the hood, squirrel girl, misty knight, shocker, mystique, patriot, a cosmo to counter, patriot counters, yeah. kazar, blue marble, onslaught, and ultron. Yeah, I still don't have, so, have maybe Mystique is the is is what I need. Yeah, Mystique is crazy because if I play the Patriot early, then I could Mystique that. If I don't, if I never draw the Patriot and I draw like Kazar or Blue Marble, then I could Mystique those, or even uh-huh. sometimes Mystique the Onslaught, depending on the situation. Yeah, I finally so got Aero. Definitely. So push it. Oh, we'll yeah, that's a good one. We'll see how that works. Um. Anyways, uh, Vampire so, Survivors. Uh, real, real quick. So real, I've been, real quick, I've been, I've been playing this I, game. I, I, okay. Okay. Fine. I just got to note real fast that I was like, hey, guys, I'll host it because I need to avoid the Marvel Snap conversation. And I got us 12 minutes in and then just lost complete control of the whole show. Have you You played it yet? It took 12 minutes. No. I was traveling. That's my excuse. That's no excuse. It's in Utah. mobile game. It's a mobile game. I play for like five five minutes or less. I play at work. Well. I, you just bad work ethic. Choosing not Kevin. to. That's all it is. <laughs> yeah, all right. Anyway, Vampire Survivor. Okay, you're saying Kevin. Yeah, so, saying Kevin. so aside from Marvel Snap, which we'll, we'll, we're not done with this conversation, Daniel. Um, I've been playing this game called Vampire Survivors, um, which is essentially an 8-bit uh, over-the-head twin-stick shooter where you actually do none of the shooting. You just do the moving of the character. Um uh, you're dropped into an so, endless, like, sprawling map with hordes of waves of enemies that are coming to kill you, and so all you have to do is just survive a specific amount of time, depending on the level. Uh, so it is what that that is what it is. Um, as you're defeating enemies, they drop uh exp in the form of like little gems that you collect to fill up your exp bar. Uh, and then when it's filled up, you get three options to choose from, and these options can either be uh attribute power-ups like increasing your max health or your speed or new weapons or upgrades to weapons that you may already have uh and like i said you yourself are not pressing a button or multiple buttons to use your weapons the game will automatically quote unquote shoot for you um and the weapons vary from a whip that shoots a line in front of you just like it would in castlevania there's a cross that you shoot in front of you that boomerangs back behind you there's an item called the King Bible where a Bible will appear in front of you and then do like a little circle around your character like an area of effect attack and you're just beating people with the Bible which is pretty fun. Um, and that's it. <laughs> you're just trying to survive as long as you can and get your enemy kills uh, counter up as high as you can and it's just freakishly addictive. And the reason being is like 15 minutes into a run You've got four or five upgraded weapons that are just mowing down like an entire screen worth of enemies. And all you're doing is moving your character. Uh, it'd be a pain having to press a button for all of these. So it's like a really smart move 
on the devs to not throw so much control at you. Because like 15 minutes into a run, your entire screen is full of ghouls and werewolves and bats and knights. And I can I can see you getting pretty overwhelmed with having to manage four or five weapons on their cooldowns. Um, I've only had about six hours of playtime. So I know there's still... I know that this game has like secrets, but I've gotten... I've only unlocked a couple of those, which are like some hidden weapons that you get depending on the uh on the uh attributes or or weapons that you decide to uh to choose when you do level up. Um and I still haven't unlocked like all the stages or all the different characters that there are and they each have their own attributes. But the stages themselves do each feel like unique. The first map is like this ever expanding swampy forest and the second one is is a never-ending library that just goes from left to right. And then the third one is called this Dairy Plants, which was actually pretty simple. But now I'm currently stuck on the fourth level that's called uh, Gaio Tower, which the map just goes up and down. You, It's not this, this like infinite space the same way that the swamp or the, or the plant felt. Um, <clears throat> as you play, you, you're collecting money that in the main menu you can use to upgrade the attribute bonuses that you'll pick up during a run. So there is a small sense of progression, and the game does have achievements that do unlock new secrets and more levels. So, and those achievements are always public, so you can just see like, oh, what should I, what should I do to get this? Oh, that's all I have to do. Easy. Um, for a game like this, where like all you do is move a character, it's super fun. It's super addictive. I'm I'm gonna be putting a lot of time into this game. Um. And this is the only game that I foresee in the future giving Marvel Snap a run for its money in terms of like where I throw my gaming time into for sure. Uh, right now it's out on Steam. I don't think it's available anywhere else, but uh, this mobile, iPhone, mobile? and oh. Android. They announced it at the Game Awards. There we go. Yeah, uh, I think it's free to play on mobile. Um, but this game yes. will definitely be perfect on Switch whenever it does decide to rear its head onto there. That's a vampire. So is each run. When you, like, do a run, are you starting – do the weapons carry over or do you start and you have to, like, find the weapons in the space every time and then – Nope. You, st- you, know I mean? you start You start at level one and – Okay, once, you start fresh, yeah. When you, when you level up, yeah, you then – maybe instead of going the cross, you want to go the garlic route, which does this little area of effect around your character that will automatically damage enemies. Or maybe instead you want to do the axe instead of the whip. Uh, which right. which the axe instead of instead of the whip which shoots forward, the axe shoots up. So you'll take care of enemies above you. So it's a uh, it's definitely a roguelike in in terms of like mm-hmm. in terms of uh, choices that you're given, and a roguelike in the sense of like every run is always going to be different. It's never going to be the same. Right, right. That's kind of where I was starting to go with that train of thought. Yeah, as if it's a roguelike. It sounds like it's like a horde mode twi- like a twitchy horde mode roguelike essentially if i were to combine different gaming terms uh, i don't know if it's twitchy um yeah is I it not like rap it because you're saying it's like a twin stick shooter right aren't those pretty twitchy? it's a twin stick shooter a more, like pace the twin stick shooter where you do not have the shooting so right right there but yeah all you're doing is just moving around gotcha nothing gotcha. twitchy about just moving your character from left to right up and down right right okay Interesting. Yeah, because I've heard so much about, like, it blew up in the last, like, what, two months, three months? Yeah. Maybe a little longer? Yeah. It's only, like, three bucks on Steam. So that's why I decided to pick it up. 
Not bad. Nice, nice. Yeah. Play have game. you played it, Angel, at all? No, I have not. Same. <laughs> um, well, I guess while we're talking uh, indie games, unless there's something else you want to say about Empire Survivor, or I guess Marvel Snap, if you want to dip back in. No, that's it. Oh, I, I was worried I opened a can of worms there. Whew. But yeah, while we're talking indie games, there is one I've been playing I also wanted to talk about as kind of my, like, red carpet interview for the award show if you will uh, i guess the first thing is um did either of you guys keep up with nintendo's inside the house of indies holiday event at all last week of course no just kidding <laughs> all right so let me i don't know if, like, in that case i'll explain a bit so clunky name aside um it was actually this fun little indie world campaign nintendo did going into christmas um instead of there being like a single presentation with a bunch of games they spread them out advent calendar styled. So each weekday had three or four new games, sort of, you know, some were like teases of 2023 releases. Others were um, surprise shadow drops. And what was fun about it is it gave a nice little burst of stuff on Switch, like new stuff on Switch at a time that we typically don't get much at all. And it was multiple batches. It was literally like kind of unwrapping a new gift every day, sort of like it captured that feeling really well. And sometimes they were, you know, expected reveals. I think there's like a Risk of Rain remake they revealed or like a, a Switch port of Mortal Shell, which I know has had its moment on other platforms in the past. Um, but the best were the Shadow Drops. You know, Sports Story got released at long last. Um, there was one inspired by Rhythm Heaven called Melatonin that I, of course, immediately texted to you, Angel, which I think is probably the first you heard of the House of Indies event when I sent it. Um, actually, I don't know if you know, Angel, there's two Rhythm Heaven inspired indies coming to Switch. So Melatonin's out now, and then like five days later, separate from this event, um, another one called Bits and Bops was announced that's coming out sometime in the next year or so, I think. Um, regards, the one, the one Shadow Drop game that I downloaded uh, after seeing it on this event was a previously unannounced release from uh, Shinin Entertainment, who I always thought was called Shinin, but they're actually called Shinin, uh, and it's a game called The Punchwin, which stars a penguin who punches, hence Punchwin. Um, now, if you know Shinin or Shinin, Shinin, uh, you know their signature thing is making games that really push a system's hardware to its limits. Uh, most recently, that's been the case with games like Fast Remix or The Tourist. But if you go all the way back to the DS games, they were doing it with stuff like Nano Stray. Um, the Punchwin is not that. Uh, like out are all the 3D polygons, and in is this like wintry pixel art of a penguin and a knitted beanie and lots of blocks that you need to punch. Because um, the thing about the Punchwin is, at first glance, it looks like a cutesy 2D platformer starring a punching penguin, but it's actually more of a cutesy 2D puzzle game where instead of a cursor, you're acting on the blocks with said punching penguin. Um, really, the the best way I could probably describe the game is this puzzle, puzzle league or panel to pawn, take your pick, by way of uh, Mr. Driller. So you control the penguin as you would any platforming mascot. For the most part, you're only really controlling him inside these caverns that just so happen to be the exact shape and size of a typical match three puzzle like playfield. Um, and the bulk of this puzzle solving has blocks slowly lowering down from the top. Uh, many are colored blocks so you can line up horizontally or vertically in sets of three. Uh, and then they'll erase when you do, you know, uh, very, very puzzle league, right? Um, and you'd match them up by moving them either vertically or horizontally, like I was saying, but um, you punch them to move them in that direction. Um, and then along with the color blocks, there's also these ice blocks that if you directly punch will shatter after two or three hits. And these often contain items or power-ups to help you better match the remaining blocks. Uh, some may destroy the blocks of a single color. Others may temporarily freeze time, you know, all that typical puzzle game stuff. 
uh, quite a lot like Mr. Driller, actually. And you can also buy some items in the shop, such as bombs, to further assist you. And then as this little penguin guy, it's your job, just like Mr. Driller and Mr. Driller, uh, to move around the blocks and start knocking them where they need to go. The difference is that in Mr. Driller, in a way, he's basically a replacement for the cursor. Like, he kind of moves, but very, like, rigid, like a you know, like it would be an arrow pointing instead. Uh, but here the penguin is still very much abiding by the rules of what like a little platforming mascot would do. So that means, for example, there are physics involved. Um, you're running, you're jumping. There are upgrades to unlock like double jumps and ground pounds. Um, if you punch a block and there's nothing stopping its path, it could slide multiple blocks over because they're all slippery. Uh, if you knock a block off the side when there's nothing below, it will fall off the screen and be gone forever, just like an item in like or an object in a platformer. And all this together means it's not just about knowing where you want to place the block, but you're utilizing the physics of the game to get the block where it needs to go. Whether that means purposefully, you know, leaving other blocks to stop one from sliding or or accidentally, you know, having things fall into place or unlocking moves like the double jump I was mentioning before to make, you know, make sure you can reach certain heights of a vertical stack and you like hop over, I guess combining platforming and puzzling in this kind of cool way and for the most part this all adds to the overall experience like the platforming elements um but i'd be lying if i said that sometimes it feels like needing to platform around doesn't on some occasions get in the way as well especially early on when you're still trying to get a feel for the like ins and outs of the game's physics um and even still later in the game there are times that blocks behave not quite as i expected like maybe they slid further maybe they just acted a little weird uh there's also a pretty notable ramp up in the game's difficulty uh, where even if you do master the moves and do understand what's happening, it can still at times be tricky just to complete what you want to do. Um, but what's really nice along the way through all this is that there are other types of activity that utilize the same basic mechanics of the game. Um, the game's ba the game's basically divided into like a mountain you traverse in a very Mario Three style overworld. You know, you unlock these different regions. They contain individual puzzles that are kind of their own levels. You unlock them using gems you earn from completing other past puzzles. Um, and all the standard block flying ones have their, you know, unique layouts and specific goals to achieve, like perhaps needing to clear two rows of red and two rows of green, or another one will be like clear three purple and one red or that sort of thing. But each region also has these other activities. Um, there's some where the blocks are already all placed and you just figure out how to clear them without any blocks sliding off the stage. And then there are others where you just do kind of sillier activities, for lack of a better word, that are using the punching mechanic and the physics, like trying to slide a box to a goal with one big boxing glove wallop or playing basketball by punching a ball towards a hoop or like that sort of thing. Um, so there's a nice variety in that and it does help you kind of figure out the mechanics of the deeper physics and stuff. And what brings it all together is this super nice kind of throwback platformer aesthetic. Um, Shannon may not be pushing the Switch in terms of like the underlying graphical power with this game, but they still paid really great attention to detail with the pixel art, the sound design, the music. There's even a CRT TV filter you can apply that actually like curves the edges of the screen and everything. Um, and the whole like the whole thing's just really it just feels really like polished and nicely done. And it's not a super long experience. Um, it's hard to give a proper playthrough time since it ramps up difficulty as much as it does, and I'm not quite done with it, so I couldn't properly say one anyway. But to give you an idea, on like an hourish long flight the other day, I got through about the first 30, 31 percent of the game. So assuming, you know, with the difficulty ramp up, that'll slow down, you're looking at maybe four or five hours, I don't know. Um, but the experience itself is super fun. It does a really great job of putting a more unique spin on a typical match three puzzle game. Um, I'd say the platforming elements 
they do add a lot. Um, so even when there's the occasional, you know, odd physics or difficult movement or moments, um, I'm still wanting to keep playing. Like I didn't, I didn't ever feel like the game was frustrating. It was hard, but it wasn't frustrating per se. I never want, I never really stopped. And I didn't expect, uh, this when I downloaded it and I, you know, didn't even know this game would have existed a week ago, but coming out of it now, I have to say like sitting here now, it's quite possibly my favorite puzzle game of the year, simply because of how it blends its ideas together. Um, it's 15 bucks on the eShop right now. If it sounds up your alley, I definitely say give it a go. It's kind of cool. It was in the middle of the whole indie house of indie stuff. So just want to draw a little attention to it. Cause it's a really cool, very different from Shannon, um, experience that they put out. So so that's what I've been playing was uh, the, the cool. punch win. Yeah, it's fun. It's very cute. Like very, for lack of a better word, it just has a cute aesthetic. I don't know how else to describe it. But yeah, it's a good good time. Cute. Cute. Yeah. Now that I have, I've noticed now that I have pets, I use the word cute more. It's interesting. <laughs> I never used to say cute, but now like, oh, you know, the cat's doing this adorable thing or this cute thing. And I just started using the word more. Ain't nothing wrong so, with that. Nothing wrong at all. Yep. Cute and adorable. Great. Vocab. Great words to add to my dictionary. Um, Angel, have you been, besides or even including Mario, uh, Mario, Marvel Snap, have you been playing anything of note at all? No, I just haven't had time to play any video games as much as I wanted to. That's fair. Just Marvel Snap. Not even... Would you... Oh, and I guess Brawl Stars. Brawl Stars is still going strong. They keep adding new creative brawlers, changing game mechanics. It's definitely... It's becoming more and more my favorite free-to-play model, at least for this style of game. They actually just did away with their their loot boxes and everything randomized. Like, it's all just, I guess, a rewards track, for lack of a better term. Like, before you would... Oh, Battle Pass. Like, they still have <laughs> a Battle Pass of sort, but, you know, again, it's, like, mainly just, like, cosmetic stuff or just, like, unlocking a brawler sooner. But, yeah, it's just... You're just playing it for the merits of the game. There's, like, no real huge advantage for, like, getting the battle pass or anything like that. Just go cool. kind of like Marvel Snap. Like, they're they're both going in the same direction. Like, Marvel Snap with the the those little... The credit system? The... I already forgot what they're called. The, the credits. Yeah, the credit system. Or the tokens. Or the token, the token. There you go. With the token system and, I guess, um, Brawl Stars with their credits. I guess that's what those are called. Where, you know, if you accrue enough of them, you just unlock a new brawler instead of opening a box and hoping to get a brawler. But most of the time you get like currency or other random stuff. But yeah, that's pretty much been It that. does seem like randomized boxes are on the way out in general in gaming. Yeah, which is good. Which is good. I, I don't agree. Good. Depends. You don't think game, so? Though. Or you don't think it's good or you don't think they're leaving? I don't... Mainly, mainly because Overwatch has fumbled it so bad that oh, people yeah, want think, loot yeah. boxes back. Um, yeah, I... Somebody just needs to make the, the, the right battle pass. Like, Right, right. Like, I was reading about Overwatch. It's crazy. Like, thousands of hours just to get a character, or you have to pay? Yeah. I mean, it's not thousands That's of like, hours. It's not thousands of hours to get a character. Like, it's definitely up there. You're 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 definitely gonna be putting in, I don't know, like maybe twenty to twenty five hours to get a character. But before characters were free. Like a new character came out and you just had it. 
now they're putting right. it on the battle pass if you buy it uh like right at the beginning or you just have to grind for it and if you don't grind for them you have to they they've stated that like later on you'll be you'll get them for free but you're just completely blocked out of a character who might be part of the meta it's oh right. overwatch 2 is such a garbage piece of and not the game itself the the business dealings around around well it's, it's the same is just garbage it's the same with diablo immortal right on mobile like everyone like liked the game but the monetization that activision blizzard implemented was just like horrible like that seems to be a running theme here with activision yeah, of so. late <laughs> yeah Maybe, maybe, who knows? I was gonna say maybe if Microsoft does end up getting to acquire them, if you know the FTC lawsuit, although I've heard, that, I've heard the maybe they'll clean it up. I've heard the know. the Call of Duty battle pass for this new game is is all right. It's not the worst. So, how how do you guys actually feel about if should Microsoft get Activision Blizzard at this point? What do you think? No, you think it's gonna be too anti competitive? Yep. Yeah, I don't think Angel cares. Angel, do you? Have yeah, he probably doesn't. <laughs> I, I do think... Angel, do you care? Not enough info to make a valid point. That's fair. That's fair. I, I do think it's it's pretty amusing to see how Microsoft is trying so hard to make it happen that there's calling up Nintendo being like, well, on Call of Duty for 10 years, we'll give you Call of Duty for 10 years. And Nintendo's like, yeah, okay. And then they put out this press release that gets this whole, oh, Call of Duty coming to Switch, which would be great. But it's just funny how like they're they're moving mountains to make this deal happen, and I don't I don't think it's going through. It's it's Microsoft kind of with um, Bethesda and how they made some of those games exclusive after saying they wouldn't kind of put themselves in a weird spot for this. Like I don't, I don't think they can convince anyone. But anyway, that's something that may unfold in twenty twenty three. We still have a little bit of twenty twenty two to do. Shall we get to the quarantinis? Let us do it, brother. Okay. What category? Well, Andrew, you said you weren't playing a whole lot of games outside of stuff you've been playing like Snap and Brawl Stars. So if we're already looking at games you've played, should we start with favorite game of the year? And Angel, do you want to kick it off since you haven't had a game to talk about in depth? Um, yeah, I don't mind. Um, right, yeah, what I is for game of the year? I, outside of movies, because that was mainly the first half of the year, um, yeah, there weren't a lot of things to pick from, but definitely did... Going through my list, did find like a lot of tough costs to make, even with the few options I did have. But oh, for... actually, sorry, I'm gonna cut you off real quick. Sorry, I realize we should tell the listeners who don't know. So, the quarantinis, the definition of what makes a favorite or best game of the year, is an experience, game, movie, TV show, whatever that's new to each of us. It doesn't have to be something that came out in 2022. It's something we experienced for the first time or greatly enjoyed in the year 2022. So I feel like we need that little bit of context before you launch into what you were saying. Sorry, continue. Yeah, and um, I guess the game that left the biggest impact for me, or the one, you know, just the one I feel like the was just Monster Hunter Rise. I think that one kind of got a resurgence with the PC release. I kind of fell off of it a little bit on the Switch, but then I started playing it again with my brother, and yeah, I almost beat the game again. And we only stopped just because it got really busy, but we're definitely planning to get back on it. And yeah, it just definitely gave me that sense of like, yeah, I'm definitely back on the on the Monster Hunter wagon. I definitely needed that hiatus that I took through all of World as much as I wanted to play it. I even tried, but it just wasn't happening. But 
I'm glad I'm still into Monster Hunter. Looking forward to whatever they bring next. And yeah, it's thanks to the the PC version, just kind of giving it a second wind. And I'm still planning on playing did, the Switch version, just with other friends. Did Sunbreak, the expansion, come out on PC, or was it Switch first? I think it came out on both simultaneously. Oh, uh, okay. So you have it, in other words. Yeah. Yeah, and it was I, between... If I'm not mistaken, Sunbreak was this year, right? Like, it actually did come out in 2022. Yeah, right? I think it came out in June or something Yeah, like that. that sounds right. Yeah, I, I mean, it was between that and Shredder's Revenge. It was really close, but I think I just gave it to Monster Hunter just because it was a franchise that I was starting to worry if it was going to have legs, at least, like, for me specifically. I know, obviously, Monster Hunter is going to go on forever. But, mm-hmm. yeah, Monster Hunter Rise is definitely at least showed right now that wherever Capcom's taking it, whether it's back to a more traditional Monster Hunter format that World didn't have, which... I guess could be my preference, but I also just didn't really play world because I was just kind of burnt out. So maybe I would like the world format better, but regardless, I'm definitely ready for the next one. Like I'm, I'm a couple, I'm trying to remember how many monster hunters I played in a row before I got burnt out. It was like monster hunter, try monster hunter three ultimate monster hunter four monster hunter generations monster hunter. I think one of them again, generations ultimate on the switch. And then, yeah, and then I think I just stopped there. So it's like four or five Monster Hunters. That's a lot of a very so similar fast. game. <laughs> yeah, they just came out Aren't really very close similar? together. Oh, uh, yes and yeah. no. Yeah, they're like a kin. You, you could compare them to like Smash Brothers. Like, you know, they're okay. similar right. enough to like a passerby. But, and, you know, most people, but there's enough like little changes between them that makes them like really interesting. But, yeah, Rise is does so much quality of life like improvements or just things that are like you know you 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 end up saying man i can't believe this wasn't always in the game or i can't go back to how it used to play in the other one because a lot of things just work or just they got rid of a lot of the tedium which a lot of people kind of like that about monster in the beginning like you know to make like a i don't know let's say i guess a net to trap a monster before you would need to craft a actual like bug, like a bug catching net. So you would need sticks and spider webs. They would need to combine those to make the net. Then you need to go out and catch the bug. And then you would have to get the bug to get, you know, that other thing that you would need to craft, I guess the trap or the net. This is an example. That's not the actual recipe, but now like you don't need to craft a bug net, a bug net. Or a fishing rod or anything. You just go up to where the bugs are and you just press A and you just collect the bug and that's it. You know, a lot of stuff has just been simplified that way. And, or part of the, one of the bigger, smaller ones is, you know, you would also have to craft or buy different types of pickaxes, you know, from weaker to strongest, depends on how many hits it can tolerate. And you would go to ore and in the past you would have to hit it. You hit it with A, you get one item, hit it again, get one item, and you rinse and repeat until the ore disappears. In the newer ones, or in Rise, you just hit it once, and you get all the things you would possibly get from it at once, and that's it. You just keep going. So, there's a lot of that. There was a ton of that all over. and just makes it a more fun experience overall. But yeah, that's fine. I feel like we need to give a little credit to Shredder's Revenge being a runner-up, considering it's a genre you previously didn't even like. Like yeah, that, that, that's, that's what made it tough. To game of the year. That's what yeah. made it tough because it was like, wow, not only was this game good, but it kind of like pushed past my my prejudices of this genre 
and I actually really enjoyed it. Or at the very least, modern beat-em-ups. Like, you know, I did go back and play a little bit of um, Turn of the Time on the arcade machine we have. And I was like, fun for a bit, but it's, it's still kind of annoying. You're definitely not playing it to play the game. You're definitely playing it just to have... It's like the background noise equivalent of a video game, but when you're playing with friends, like you just kind of have it on just so that you guys can have something at your hands and your eyes are looking at, but you're not really paying attention. You're just kind of messing around. That's yeah, what right, that's just what the old and it's yeah yeah and but obviously you know it's still quality. It's the music's still catchy. The visuals are still fun. So like it does all those things right. But that's just how I'm looking at old school beat 'em ups now. Like. Not something that I'm supposed to like, oh, I messed up or anything to be like, you know, sweaty over. It's just fun background noise game. Modern ones definitely seem to actually want you to pay attention to tells and memorize attack patterns and that kind of stuff, which this one definitely does. But yeah, Monster Hunter Rise. Congratulations, Monster Hunter Rise. Um, Kevin, what's your pick? It is Dude. Marvel Snap. <laughs> like, it, such it, a big it, came, it came out of nowhere. <laughs> I'm I'm playing it right now. I'm getting my ass beat by this one guy who played Wong and Thor with a Mjolnir on Onslaught Citadel. The only people that will know that is Angel, really. Angel, he has a lot of power. He's got 160 power, 172 power. Uh, 184 power on Bar Sinister right now. Uh, but I just won with a bar with no name, uh, because he scorpioned all my characters into the negative, so I still uh, won that. Uh, and this game is, they make a play that ends up like screwing them over completely. This game, this game is like, this is what this game is made for. For moments like this, where now I'm just gonna take a photo of this, put it into the Discord, and say f this guy for thinking that he was gonna win that. Oh, I should have snapped. <laughs> yeah, the ran- the randomness is also really awesome. Look at this, like, Look at this. Yeah, it sounds real good. It should remind me, like, the other day, I had a game that I was completely going to lose. I had no right to win it whatsoever with my Patriot deck. Uh-huh. I was just off by, like, a little bit of power, like, four power in every location to win. Uh-huh. But the person decided to play um, uh, Scarlet Witch right. on their last turn. And they ended up creating Central Park. Which gave me a squirrel in every location. Every location and that, and plus, the, yeah. That's and all they had to do was just not play Scarlet Witch, and they would have won. Uh-huh. But, yeah, it's just like, what are the odds? I'm sure someone can calculate that. I, I put it in Discord. Oh, jeez. He thought he had Damn. me so bad. He thought he <laughs> had me. And the negative and the claw. Uh-huh. Nice. Perfect. I love this game. Marvel Snap. Play it. I can't relate to any of that, but I'm glad you, you could. So but you I could if I wanted to. You're right. Yeah, you just don't but, want to. Well, you know what? That's my New Year's resolution for 2023, which by the time people hear this means I have to have already started because this goes up on January 1st. Well, so, last time you um, made a resolution, Marvel's it not... did actually go through with, what was it, Mario? Yeah, we're actually going to beat it? Or... Well, that's for discussion. Uh... I don't it was remember a, what There was, it was a game you actually beat. It wasn't yes. the craziest game, but it was still. It was something small. That it was I Zelda. I it was Zelda. It was uh, a link between worlds. Yeah, and it wasn't. Um, oh, it that wasn't was a long time ago. 
I don't think it was a New Year's resolution because I did. A re- I think oh, it was. It was. Just, I That's think it was right. just a bet. It I had to something. do it by New Year's, so I did it in like a seven-week window. Yeah. Wow. From when it came out till New Year's, I think. Well, at the very least, get to like rank. 20 in Marvel Snap. I think that's like okay. a fair... This is my New Year's resolution. I, I think that's like a fair, like, like you actually like played it and not just like, oh, I turned it on, played a game or two. Like, I think trying right, to get right. to rank okay. 20. That's like, okay. you could either win three times with like full snap and get it, or it might take a little while. But yeah. It's how, like if I didn't snap and double my odds or double my whatever, how long would it take? I guess six games, seven games, if I win them all? If you win them all, I guess 10 games because 10 times 2 is 20. Oh, I see. I see. Okay. Assuming they don't okay. snap. If they snap and you don't snap, then that's four, and you would only need to win five games. But Gotcha. You just All right. Well, that's my New Year's resolution. I'm glad we sorted that out. <laughs> but going back to 2022, I, I guess I should say my I should my favorite game, huh? My my award winner. Um, no, we could skip it. This one was What's act- next category? Oh, okay. Anyway, next category. No, uh, I was going to say, this one was actually kind of... <laughs> this one was actually kind of hard for me this year. I noticed that... In 2022 in particular, when I was looking back to figuring out, you know, figure out what game I'm going to pick, the experiences that stood out to me were those that basically stood up, stood out amongst their own series, like if that makes sense. Like what I mean is for as much fun as something like survival bowling may have been when I first got Switch Sports or I guess now survival golf is as well um, or as souped up and streamlined as like Splatoon 3's experience was, they were kind of more of what we've gotten within those franchises, like sort of similar to what you were saying about like – Monster Hunter Angel, like how there's, you know, there were some that were very similar and then there's some that are a little different. Um, and the games that truly, to me, felt like the most fun were the ones that broke the mold of their franchises, which funny enough, they both did by actually merging in ideas from other franchises. Uh, like my runner up was Kirby in the Forgotten Land, um, which stuck out to me because it did something no Kirby game did. It basically shoved Kirby and the entire copy mechanic inside a 3D a Mario 3D world game, essentially. And it worked really well because of it. It was, you know, it was familiar, but it also felt really fresh. Like Mouthful Mode was, you know, was a fun way to play with the 3D space. And it all had this great level of polish to it. But the game that takes the cake for me at doing that and is now, as a result, my game of the year has to be, I think, Pokemon Legends Arceus. And again, it doesn't, it didn't do anything new for video games, um, but combined a lot of existing ideas to present something more akin to the core Pokemon franchise just in a nobly different way than the rest of the franchise. Like, you can trace all its inspirations really easily. You know, the way the Pokemon interact with one another and the environment that was very Pokemon Snap-like, the open world being sort of contained Monster Hunter style into, like, these areas that you expand into. Well, well, one, it was obviously very Monster Hunter-like, but also has some roots in the wild area of Pokemon Sword and Shield. But then they went for this kind of more exploratory and also actiony approach to how you interact with the Pokemon. You know, you can throw berries at them, very much like apples in Pokemon Snap. You can uh, sneak up on them and lob a Pokeball, sort of like the stealthier aspects of Breath of the Wild. And because it wasn't a true Pokemon game in the, like, core franchise sense, they got to have a little fun with how the story progressed, with, you know, what the main purpose of the game was, like just catching as many as you can, which is very much my type of Pokemon experience. And even, you know, they did weird things like that space-time distortion system that just piled in a ton of unique Pokemon, awful, also very fan service Pokemon for you to engage with, just like boom, 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 back to back. Um, you know, there's perhaps a case to be made that Scarlet and Violet, uh, glitches aside, took a lot of Legends foundational ideas even further and sort of more directly married them with even more of what a core Pokemon experience is. But 
you know, even when I was, even when I was talking about Scar and Vi a couple episodes ago, and I was sharing those initial impressions, I was talking about how I missed the ability to just like lob Pokeballs at Pokemon or some of the other streamlined aspects. And thinking about the two games when I was kind of reflecting on them for this, I think Legends just resonates a bit more with me because of the exploration and sneaking it requires, yes, but also, which Scar and Vi does, does too, but also because it was a little more action-y in how it did it. Like, it's more of an action game, and that just really clicked with me, as, of course, did the inclusion of Bidoof, which Scar and Violet is sorely missing, I might add. There's no Bidoof in Scar and Violet that I'm aware of. Um, so, yeah, I think that's my pick, uh, Pokemon Legends Arceus. Although, I do want to give one quick shout to Fall Guys for being the perfect pick-up-and-play experience, and that's online and it's multiplayer. But That should be your New Year's resolution as well. To, yeah, add add that on there. That's what I yeah. Said. yeah. P- p- paperclip, yeah, it. paperclip it to the other one. Yeah, okay. I'll, I'll staple them together. But yeah, Fall Guys, like that, what a great game at making it so you're 100% responsible for your own performance, even though you're in an online space. Like, there, it doesn't matter if you're new to it, if you played it a lot. Like, you just have to get to the end, and it's very unlikely that someone's going to hinder your progress. It's all on you. And I think that's such a cool thing that they're able to find that balance, even though I still don't have a crown. Yeah, so um, I guess that's another New Year's resolution. But yeah, Pokemon Legend Arceus is the one that I think ultimately takes the cake for me. So congratulations to our Games of the Year. Um, Monster Hunter Rise, Marvel Snap, and Pokemon Legends. Um, shall we move on to favorite movie that we saw in 2022? Or okay, I'll allow it. Who wants to go first? Uh, I guess I can just go. Go for it. Let's see. Yeah, my favorite movie. There was a lot of great movies this year that I didn't realize I watched. Like, you know, Everything Everywhere All at Once. There was even mm-hmm. um. Even other stuff that wasn't like, you know, like amazing, but I felt like, you know, like I thought the bad guys was like really great just visually. I know the story was fine, but you know, bad guys kind of surprised me. I think that actually came out this year, but it was on Netflix and I just checked it out. Yeah, it came out in April. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, and then other stuff that, oh no, Top Gun was also great. Oh God, Fat Albert was kind of surprised. It was disappointing that it wasn't. Oh man. Yeah, that one. That movie is like too, like, it has no business being. That good? It's not good, but <laughs> but it has no it's business wholesome. being as good as it is. It was supposed to be we, a bad movie we could point and laugh at, and, it and like we had like yeah, <laughs> for for content. Yeah, we were looking, hard. So I think <laughs> yeah. a, year, a year ago, I think we all watched Transformers. Oh the one with God, the, the, la- stuff. the last night. what was it? Yes, and we were trying. So we all hung out in person just for listeners, and we were that trying to find state. another movie we could ridicule to that degree. And we found Fat Albert on Prime Video. And we're like. It has to be. I mean, a young Keenan Thompson can't save this thing, even though Keenan's great. And yet, yeah, it wasn't bad. Like, we were ready to, like, you know, sort of heckle it. Nope. We just had a good time. Yeah, it was an Oprah. Yeah, it was so strange. <laughs> so yeah. much praise of that's getting that. Yeah, that is in my, my movie of the year. My movie of the year is actually uh, Mad Max Fury Road. This year was the first year that I got to watch it. Nice. In, in black and white nice. mode. Nice. Um, oh, nice. My first, so my first time watching it was with that visual aesthetic, and it was awesome. I don't know what it was about it when it first came out, or just that genre that kind of turned me off. But in general, I've kind of had a more try before you judge mentality. I feel like I've been trying to get better about that. I feel like I've reached. I feel like I've just been getting better about that in general. I don't know why I really started doing that, but. You know, I gave it a shot, and 
I came out of it going like, damn, that was just a really awesome movie. Visually, it was entertaining the whole time. Loved the character. Loved, I mean, it was just awesome. I just wish I had seen it in theaters now. I was just like, damn, this would have been super awesome to see, like, on a huge screen with amazing speakers. I could maybe try to replicate that as best as I can, but I definitely want to watch this movie again. I, I saw this, like, I don't remember when. Oh, January 30th. I, uh, my little thing. I literally saw that movie Tuesday. Oh, really? I, 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 I watched it with my really? dad. Yep, I watched it on Tuesday with my dad. That's funny. It's a really good movie. It's a fantastic. It's probably one of the best action movies of all time, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting to see how it has already permeated through culture. Like, there's already references to it in so many other things. Yeah. And it's only been a few years. Yeah, um, that's how you know the sign of a real, like, big movie. Like, a good, my like milestone movie for pop culture is when stuff starts referencing it that quickly what about you Kevin <laughs> it's not the best movie by a long shot but I had a fantastic oh, damn, time it's not, not Spider-Verse again then what? I thought you were going to pick Spider-Verse again because I know you did see that again this year oh yeah 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 but it's, it has to be new to you oh new to you good point it's not the no, and into into the Spider Verse is fantastic. It's one of the best movies of all time. I'm so psyched but, for that. Um, scene. It's gonna be such a good year of movies in 2023. Anyway, sorry. Um, it's not the it's not my favorite movie. How do I put this? It's not my favorite movie that I saw this year. It's not the best movie I saw this year, but definitely the the thing that I still have very fond memories of watching it was the Goofy movie. A goofy movie <laughs> when we watched it for Angel's birthday because that was really fun. It was an yeah. overall a great time. It was like how many? It was like ten of us. Yeah, it was a yeah, good number it, of people. Maybe, it was like ten of us, more. and we made a drinking maybe, game out yeah. of it. It was I. It's maybe not my favorite movie, but definitely my favorite movie experience. If that makes sense, and right? I, no, it does. It I does. would absolutely take that over my. My favorite movie of the year, which... Uh, so what's your actual favorite movie? I, it's not getting the award. I'm just curious. Uh, the Banshees of Indishrin. Oh, I've heard good things about that, actually. Fantastic movie that I will talk about in the, the next episode. We also, next good, episode, we'll probably about talk that. about Glass Onion. Oh, yeah. I, 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 oh, yeah, I, I, Onion. yeah, I also saw Glass Onion during my quarantine. Glass Onion, very good. So that's yeah, been off of Knives Out, or is it like a sequel? It's or... so Ryan Johnson is treating the Knives Out franchise kind of like Agatha Christie novels, which I realize is not a reference that makes sense for you. But it's um basically each one's an independent story, but there's like one overarching character, which is Daniel Craig's. Uh, Why not just say The Legend of Zelda? Blog. Because it's not separate timelines and stuff. It's one guy who just solves cases that's just assigned different cases or goes on different cases. So each mystery is a different cast. Professor Layden. The detective is the same. Yeah, then just say Layden or, or Phoenix Wright. I don't know. I was just using the, the, the reference, the touchstone that Brian Johnson himself used. I don't know. I'm sorry. Well, but yes, it's, it's... Well, no, it's not even Phoenix Wright because Phoenix Wright has repeating characters. It's literally Daniel Craig's character is the only recurring character. Everyone uh. else is new. And every story is separate, and every mystery is separate. So. Cool, but that's All not right. my favorite movie. I, it's it's. I feel like I'm very similar to you, Kevin, in that like it wasn't so much the movie; it was the experience and the expectation being so exceeded. So, on a whim, I saw more? Top Gun Maverick, and I never. What'd you say? <laughs> Top Gun Maverick, nice. 
No, what'd you say before that? You did not say Top Gun. Sounded like something else. Um, but no, I on a whim we got tickets to see Top Gun Maverick, and we never saw the first Top Gun, so we watched it first here at the apartment, and we're both like, "Huh, that was very of its time." Is this movie going to be good? Is Maverick going to be good? Like, we went in, we did, Top Gun 1 was like, whatever. Like, I know people hold it near and dear, but, like, if you're coming in 30 years later, it's like, what on earth? Like, it's so cheesy. Anyway, we go see Maverick, blown away by how much better it was. Like, it exceeded my expectations so much, and it was in a in similar vein to, like, Mad Max Fury Road. It's just really well done, practical effects. Like, they really were flying the jets. They really had the cameras in there. Like, it had a heart. It was definitely a metaphor for Hollywood as an industry with Tom Cruise being the one guy who can save the day in the movie and the one guy who can still do his own actual stunts and stuff in, in the, the movies. Um, but yeah, so, you know, it being a metaphor for Tom Cruise's career aside, it was just a really well done movie and comparing it with Top Gun one that we watched like literally 90 minutes prior, it was just, it caught me off guard so much that it just keeps bringing to mind. It's like, this is such a cool surprise to have watched and walked away from being like, wow, that was like really good. So there's probably better movies. I think Glass Onion has a lot going for it, like how it's kind of like a modern period piece is really cool. Um, Everything Ever All at Once does some really fun stuff with multiverses. But like even though those may be like the better movies in some regards, like Top Gun just like really was like a moment in time for me watching that. So that gets my pick this year as well. I don't know why I says well. I'm the only one that picked it, but you know what I mean. So that's my pick. So congratulations to our movies, Mad Max Fury Road, Top Gun Maverick, and uh, a Goofy movie, courtesy of Kevin. Hey, yo. Uh, should we jump to TV show and tell me why you're not picking Severance, which is my automatic winner? I just got my free three months of Apple TV again for buying my iPad, so I will actually be checking out Severance during my break. It's so good. I watched an ep- I was talking to a friend, and I was talking to him about the last season of rick and morty and i told him about some episode where you know the characters are split between like their day personas and their night personas but they're like completely different people and he was like oh, wait wait, wait rick and morty's already spoofed severance Has so they, it, is it like an actual reference it, it, it probably is because they basically huh. end up like fighting each other because the night people as they call them like you know are being mistreated but the day people you know are mad hmm. at the night people aren't doing the chores because they don't want to deal with that uh, it's, I don't know. I mean, I haven't seen Severance, so I don't know how. Right, right. Yeah, but I mean, I guess I will know eventually. But it sounds like it is. But I mean, that's I guess since we're funny. since so, we're on the Severance train, should I just really quick say why I picked? Yeah, you might as well go first. Well do first. Okay, so Severance was another thing that kind of surprised me. Like I knew a little bit about. It. I knew Ben Stiller directed it, which kind of was like, okay, what's this gonna be? And I knew the rough premise of basically this company. Well, if they're employees, you can split your like you're saying, the night and day. They call them innies and outies. So when you're in the company, when you're inside the office, your innie has only the memories of what's going on in the office. When you leave work for the day, your outie, which is your real-life self, kind of takes over, and that has only memories of outside work. So the stress of work never goes home. The stress of home life never gets to work. And that's basically the premise. But just the slow burn of that show, and it is slow at the beginning, but the slow burn of that show, the aesthetic of that show, like the the like the, the kind of retro future 1970s vibe inside their office when they're in their innies like all of it the mystery of it all the tension of the final episode without spoiling anything like it just is incredibly the cinematography the 
it's just so good. Like, I really don't want to say too much because I don't want to spoil anything, but it's just really well done. Caught me completely off guard as being, like, as good as it was. Like, I knew it would be fine. Like, I like Adam Scott. I like Ben Stiller. Like, I like the concept. I like sci-fi. How bad can it be? But it really, really, really was good and is good. And I can't wait for season two, which isn't coming for, like, another year. But anyway, that's why I picked Severance. Um, there is a pretty good year for TV in general. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I yeah, Severance just blew me away. Anyway, so that's my pick. But but you guys, what about you, Angel? Like you were, you, I feel like you are going to start, and then I sort of took it back over for Severance. Oh, I would just continue the order, but I like that. I like hearing about Severance. It's definitely one of the shows I've been most curious about. They had something at Comic-Con, right? They did, and it was so cool. They brought in the whole, like, a big chunk of the actual set, and we, like, they recreate. They recreated the entire show experience. So all the things that the characters do, you got to walk through yourself. And they were using the actual set pieces from the show, and you could, like, use the computers they use on the show and stuff. And it was... One of the best Comic-Con offsites I think I've ever done. I mean, you definitely have to be a fan to appreciate it at the level that I did. But um, unlike like when we did Blade Runner a few years ago when they did that, and it was just like, oh, if you know a rough thing about Blade Runner, have a good time. Like this one, like the references, they're like forked paths and different Yeah, because I didn't watch Blade Runner things. for the first time until after we did that experience, and it was still really cool. But then after right, watching and, at least right. the first movie, I was like, oh, wow, like it really was like that. <laughs> yeah. But, like, Severance is, like, the amount of detail they did was insane. And and that was the same day, the day I got to do the experience, which only had, like, like, it sold out fast. You had to log in on some website at, like, 6 a.m. and sign up. Um, and it was gone in, like, two minutes every day. But um, the same day I did it was also the day that I got to see the panel with the cast and Ben Stiller and, and, every, and the creator, a guy named Eric something. Daniel Eric? Hey, Eric ben Daniel. Stiller anyway, directed it? He directed it, yeah. I knew it was involved, but um, it still kind of sounds weird. It's weird, right? Yeah, it. no, he directed it. Um, but yeah, no, it was really cool to like have a severance day at Conica where I got to like go through the experience and literally like live inside the show. It was super cool. And then saw the panel right before or after. So it was like a very cohesive day. Um, but yes, yes, sorry. I, I can rant about severance forever. It's so good. Well, besides looking forward to watch that, uh, in my year of TV, obviously because of all the stuff going on. I wasn't really able to cap- keep up with too many new things. I mean, I did watch Cobra Kai season four and the last season of Close Enough and Smiling Friends was also hilarious. And even some show that I'm starting to like this new genre of just like very chill, calm, slice of life stuff, like one called The Ingenuity of the House Husband, which is literally just some dude at home alone just figuring out how he's going to sort the trash or what he's going to make for dinner or how he's going to like dry the sheets. Wait, is this on like TV or is this on YouTube? Um, this is on Netflix. It's like, oh, ele- okay. it's like 11 so minutes in between. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. But um, yeah, the, the series that I saw for the, that I finally got around to watching in January, Jesus, um, that I'm going to give the award to is Spectacular Spider-Man. Let's always go, heard, baby. I've always heard <laughs> that this show was like really good. And then, and I've always just liked the art style. Like, it just, like, it's sleek, it's simple, but, like, it still conveys a lot of personality. And then I watched it, and I was, like, just hooked, like, with the drama in Peter's life, the origins of the villains. Some of them, like, I could name a Spider-Man's World Gallery, or at least, like, you know, the main ones. But I was still surprised, like, you know, just watching the show, like, them planting little seeds, and then, like, four episodes later, it's like, oh, this is Electro, or oh, this is, the-. well, some are pretty, more obvious than others. But it was cool. It was really enjoyable. And then it also suggests as much that it just kind of ends. Like, 
has yeah. kind of an ending of sort, but it just like it just has so like it sets up so much potential, and it's like no, I really want to see where the Eddie thing goes. I want to see like where Spider Man goes because like damn, they just do such a good job with like the Spider Man life versus his work life and how like it easily shatters his I don't know relationships, but I don't know it's it's crazy. It it was awesome and. Now I get it. I get why people are so upset. It feels like when I caught up to and caught up to and beat Half Life One and Two, and then I was like, "Cool, what's next?" Oh, there was never anything next, and that was like ten years after it came out too. And now it's been another ten years since I've done that. So it feels like yeah. we were cheated out of something. <laughs> exactly <laughs> because of, because of the whole Sony losing the deal to Spider Man. To animated Spider-Man rights, it sucks so bad. And every show that yeah. they've that they've replaced it with sucks even more. Yeah, I'll say, like, I think, Spider-Man I think right after that, disgusting. There was that Spider-Man show where Drake Bell voiced uh, Peter. That show sucked too. There's this new... yeah, like the newest version looks like it's missing. I don't know, like the soul of what makes like a good cartoon. Like it just feels like it's missing. Being made good by committee or like missing. an assembly line or something. <laughs> even visually do, like do it you? looks so flat and the spectacular is a flat looking cartoon but it's like stylized that way these look i don't know like sometimes they sh- choose to shade people sometimes they don't i don't know it's weird it's it's very inconsistent but do you uh, i mean i don't really watch all the marvel of... shows but they do pop up from time to time and i'll take a peek and it's like whoa like yeah marvel has definitely has their their movie Movie money generating machine, but their TV show, their animated TV shows, at least need a lot of work. At least that's where DC well, do you, does have their their stuff down. Do you think that, in light of us being in such like a reboot culture in terms of the content we consume and the '90s being back and all that, do you think there's an opportunity for them to get the band back together from Spectacular Spider-Man and just sort of pick it I, up where they left off? I remember reading. It's a rights nightmare. Is the thing though? Is it still? It's just it's just rights. Uh, yeah, because. Because Spectacular Spider-Man is, is a Sony property, so oh, interesting. So they didn't just license; they kept the rights to Spectacular Spider-Man, even though Spider-Man animated shows elsewhere, elsewise Correct. are that's not a word are all Marvel now. Yeah, oh, that's interesting. That's such a shame. I mean, they made the movies work. They got Marvel and Sony to cooperate on the movies, so you never know. I mean, yeah, it's yeah, I but mean, it's, you know, but it's also been like ten years since Spectacular Spider-Man ended. Right, yeah, right. but I mean, how long was it from when Young Justice ended and it got rebooted? Which is actually my runner-up because I started watching That's Young Justice point. kind of for the same reason. Like, I heard good things about it. I checked it out and I was like, damn, I got really caught up in the drama and like the very intertwined storylines and how like you cannot miss like an episode. It's definitely not one of those that you could just like watch in the middle. But incredibly, I don't know, just... Yeah, I don't know. It, it was nuts. But Spectacular Spider-Man definitely left a bigger impact and just hoping it comes back. Yeah. More than just like a cameo in the new Spider-Verse movie, which, I mean, he's there. His face is on the poster. Who knows oh, if we'll yeah. actually see him do anything. Yeah. I do like oh, yeah. to think that the uh, Spider-Man from Marvel vs. Capcom 3 is that Spider-Man because it's the same voice actor. Ah. So. Oh. I didn't notice that. Yeah. No, so you can make your own stories, Angel. Just pick up a copy of Marvel vs. Capcom. Yeah, one day he just beat up Phoenix and that's Pride how you and Nemesis it. for some reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's wherever you want it to be. Power of imagination. 
Oh, that show. What about you, Kevin? Kevin. Too good. Uh, yeah, this this was easy. The bear. Um, I still need to watch that. Yeah, you do. King bear. Just the bear, though. Oh, that's that'll be favorite movie for next year. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, the bear. It's got this amazing premise. It's got amazing characters, and has They're like related a, to the whale. One of the most intense episodes of television that I've ever seen, and the show is about running a uh, a uh, a deli. Like Jesus Christ, I don't know how how they did it, but they did it. Um, special shout out to Atlanta. <laughs> I caught up. You clapping like they did it. <laughs> you got to show us at the deli. Um, <laughs> he wipes a tear away while slow clapping. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Shout out to Atlanta. I caught up with season three and season four. Season three was pretty good. Uh, season four was pretty great, but uh, season three kind of dragged. So for that reason, the bear takes the all. All right. Well. Congratulations to Severance, Spectacular Spider-Man, and The Bear as our quarantine winners for Best TV Show. Uh, we might as well keep the... I wish, the I, had my, put wish I had my thumbboard <laughs> set up. I, I know. We could have had applause. We could have had cheering. We could have had well, for playoff year. music if we talked too long about one thing or another. It would have been perfect. Yeah. Um, oh, wow. But while we're doing things that are in front of our eyeballs, let's keep going down that train uh, or that train of thought. I'm gonna bow out of this one, but for you two, favorite anime? Ooh, this one is gonna be interesting. Um, so anime, damn, I it's kind of a sad list. I only started five anime this year: Demon Slayer, Ranking of Kings, Mob Psycho, Spy Family, and the winner of my twenty. 22 anime of the year because it's the only other one I finished besides Demon Slayer or at least caught up to it because I still have to finish watching Ranking of Kings Mob Cycle 3 and Spy Family which I've also really bummed to hear that that's it for Mob at least like I don't know if that's true but I heard that's just it like yeah that's it for Mob that's it they, which, yeah, they, I guess they, it's kind of cool they, they adapted I, all the manga already damn well yeah I mean I'd rather it be short and sweet than yeah, I guess asking to be mercy killed, but yeah, that still sucks. But that's cool. Looking forward to finishing that. But yeah, the one that caught me by surprise was actually what the ingenuity of the house husband live action show that's on Netflix was based on, which is the anime The Way of the House Husband, which is incredibly short. It's like ten episodes, and they reach like ten minutes each, or something along those lines, maybe less. But it's also like barely animated. It's like it's more like a motion comic. Like, the characters barely move, but it's just like, you know, they're like little skits. But I don't know why. I just found it very charming. I just got, like, sucked into it. That By the time I finished it, I'm like, that's it? That's all there was? But then they actually announced a new season on January 1st. So I was like, oh, pretty awesome. But, I mean, in a nutshell, it's about this, like, one of the most feared, deadly members of the Yakuza uh, just... At one point, retired, got married to, you know, like uh, someone that has like an office job, and they just decided to just be the house husband. So, you know, they do the dishes, they do the cooking, they clean the house, they take care of the cat, they do all that stuff. And it's just, you know, he has that reputation of being that mafioso, well, I guess Yakuza. So, you know, people fear him. He has like a very intimidating personality that he has to kind of like learn to become a little softer around the edges, but. Yeah, I don't know. I think just 
for how much it contrasted everything else that I kind of watch. I think I just kind of stood out because obviously I loved season three of Demon Slayer. I mean, that was awesome. I mean, I actually rated it higher in my like media consumed document that I keep that I used to keep track of. But that's just because, you know, it has a huge budget. You could tell this was like made with minimal, minimal budget. But even then, I don't know. I, I just really liked it. I don't know what it was about it. Just charming, short, slice of lifey. Yeah, just loved it. It's fine. Uh, in that case, I will give the honors to Demon Slayer because holy hell was the Entertainment District Dark some of the most hype anime that battle Jeez. that I've seen in a long time. The fact that they were able to rival their movie, which itself was pretty hype, and like go further beyond is insane. I don't care what anybody says about the story. Yeah, the story's pretty it's not complicated. It's not complex. And the battle system or or like the the power level system isn't overly complicated. It's just it's just hype. That's all that's all it is. I remember just being on the edge of my seat watching that final fight that happens with uh uh Gyotaro and Tengen. And just thinking, man, this is what I thought Dragon Ball Z used to look like. And I don't know, it's just I I do like my my I do like my how do I say this? I, sometimes hype is all I need. And during the time, hype was all I needed when watching Demon Slayer. And I get that. It's like I could honestly watch like Promare or yeah, Promare and not pay attention to any of the story, just like tune it out, but yeah. just be super entertained just by how like the adrenaline rush you get from watching the crazy camera angles, the choreographed like, fights and everything. It's just, yeah, like pure I, I love a good I love a good character arc. I love good character development. I love all that stuff. I love the quieter moments in, in anime like Chainsaw Man. But goddamn, do I also like two <laughs> strong opponents just beating the crap out of each other. And that's what Demon Slayer's uh, Entertainment District Dark gave me. So Demon Slayer Season 3 gets my uh, favorite anime. Mob Psycho with a, a close second. Uh, but yeah, we're going to definitely go into what about, uh What about on the manga side of things? Do you guys have any favorites? Um, Not a manga, but I... Still very much enjoying the Ninja Turtles comic book. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean the arc is going in interesting directions. I mean this is definitely the longest the most I've kept up with any kind of like comic book and or manga, because the other ones are just the only other manga I read was short and just ended. But yeah, we're like on issue one thirty four. No, one thirty five. And man, Turtles is man it's it used to just be about like you know four turtles fighting off against the ninja clan to try to survive in new york now it's about political unrest in mutant town which is a town inside of new york that got hit with a mutagen bomb that mutated a bunch of people into animal hybrids but now they're being like basically forced to stay in this mutant town because they don't want them with the other people even though they used to be people 
and you know like should they be treated like normal citizens should they not be that's that whole that's one side of it there's like primordial beings that are also like scheming on the side to try to take over the world so they're also trying to stop that on the side but then there's also alien evil utram that they thought they had killed like a couple issues ago but he's actually back because he can't really die the way they thought he died and now he's trying to kill a triceraton which is a you know an anthropomorphic triceratops that is the key to killing their species and yeah, it's a, there's a lot going on, but I've been watching, reading it from, well, not from day one, because I don't remember when I started, I started reading around like issue like 80, maybe like 60, 80-ish. I do remember getting issue one around the time it came out when we went to Comic-Con and I got the like the writers to sign, to draw, well, draw and sign on it. But then I didn't really read it until much later, but yeah, it's just awesome. They just keep finding new ways to reinvent characters from other mediums from other turtle past media like the aforementioned not this episode live action ninja turtle tv show that is notoriously really bad um you don't even have to watch more than a minute to know how bad it is but it's mainly known for introducing a female turtle just for the sake of introducing a female turtle but they even reintroduced that character into the comic in this arc that i'm currently reading in a very interesting way that I definitely did not expect them to even try, but I don't know. It's cool. Now we have technically six turtles, two female and four, well, the classics. But yeah, Ninja Turtles, keep it going. Nice. Uh, my favorite manga comic is actually sort of a twist because I remember talking about its anime adaptation and thinking that it was just okay. Um, that manga is Jujutsu Kaisen. Uh, back when we were in Quarantine Chronicle, like like I said, I talked about the manga, and the animation was really good. It's by Mappa, the same guys that did Chainsaw Man and this last season of Attack on Titan, plus some other really good stuff. Um, and those arcs that they adapted, like the first couple of arcs, eh. But I decided just because I couldn't wait for the second season, I decided just to read it, and holy hell. There's an arc that's going to be adapted for the second season called the Shibuya Incident arc. That just like I just like I said, sometimes all I need is hype. The Shibuya Incident arc will probably go down as one of the top five, if not top three, arcs in anime history for sure. Um, I can't wait to get for it to get adapted. Uh. And yeah, that's that's all I got. Jujutsu Kaisen mediocre start with a really awesome middle part that is fantastic. So, give it to that. Nice. Well, two tag back into categories I can give answers to. Uh, should we talk about? Well, you're not going to recap the winners have... that you've been doing. Um. Okay. Yeah, it was Ninja Turtles and this is an actual war show. Jason, come on. Uh, I'm you doing the Jeff Keeley thing where he just bunches. I'm doing. The Jeff Keighley thing where he bunches a bunch together. So they're both better. But with Ninja Turtles, it was Jujutsu Kaisen. Yeah, yeah. Kaisen. That'd be mumbling through it. That'd be mumbling through it. It was Angel Sing About the House Husband, who but it had two different names because there's a Netflix one and then there's the anime original. And I don't remember which one was which. <laughs> the thing about the house husband. Oh, yeah. Wait. And then there was um, uh, Demon Slayer, season three. Nice. Nice. There. 
Okay. Whew, hosting duties restored. Uh, okay, well, tagging back into a category that I may have an answer on, does anyone have a favorite music album of 2022 or something they started do. listening to in 2022? I do. Yeah. Do you... Go ahead. Someone. Wait, do you have one? I do, but you could... could do you we all do. Oh, you go. who wants to go first? Okay. I think mine will be quick, because I'm sure you guys have go ahead. to say about your things, but... Yeah, my album of the year, which I actually bought the vinyl for, is um, Ninja Turtle Shredder's Revenge. Um, T. Lopes mm. did an amazing job with that soundtrack. I, you know, my prejudices against like beat 'em ups and all that stuff, and I have to admit that it did kind of like change my views of that genre. Which you know, this game has single handedly like kind of like remedied, which is kind of amazing for a game to do. Is to like change my perspective. Well, that's that's what, that's what art. It, it's art. But point is, like the music. I don't know why. I just wasn't really expecting it to, like, I wasn't really expecting anything super catchy or at least anything that I would remember after I finished playing the game. Like, yeah, the music's gonna be great. It's gonna be serviceable. It's gonna sound retroy. But damn, like, not only did the music do a good job of sounding like, you know, a I guess a special successor or almost like, you know, a reimagining of the original soundtrack of those old Ninja Turtle arcade games. Like you could have told me this was just like a remix of one of the old songs and I couldn't tell you that it wasn't. But damn, they're just so catchy. They kind of tell the story, like just in the progression that they go through. And I've listened to a good chunk of their songs on rotation since the game came out, which I didn't expect whatsoever. And I just, I don't know, I just loved it. And it feels very turtle. It feels very 90s. It feels very arcadey. It was crazy. Surprisingly, though, like, that that easily won it. But, like, my runner-up was just, uh, just to have a runner-up just because it was also just caught me by surprise. This was something that was recommended by, you know, a couple of coworkers in my period where I was just like, you know, I'm going to, no matter what it is, I'm going to listen to everything to check it out. And I kept re- getting recommended Blackpink. So I just straight up listened to their first album just out of curiosity. And there were a good number of songs in there that I actually just ended up really liking that I did not expect to. Maybe I should listen to more Korean pop. I think that's what it is. Yeah, um, this? Yeah, that's K-pop. Can we do awards for awards? Because this is your runner-up is the winner of Biggest Curveball I wouldn't have seen coming. Never would have <laughs> guessed you was at Blackpink, to be honest. Yeah, there's like, um, I mean, I, I even have like a favorite song. But um, What's yeah, the song? Because I, I want to listen to it after this. Was it? You never know. Um, okay. But, I'll look it up after this. But what kind of like... That this that song obviously doesn't do a lot of what got me more interested in Blackpink. It was just more like in general, their a lot of their music is like they kind of like bounce between genres or even like tones and like speeds during it. I don't know, it's weird. It's almost it was just a very interesting listening experience. Like you just like you think they're like building up to something and you think you know where it's going, and then it just does something completely different, but it still works. And then they bounce to something else, and then they bring it back. It's just, it's weird. It's different. And I like that about it. Like, I like that it, the music was kind of challenging me to, like, remove, like, my preconceived notions of, like, how flow should work in a music. I mean, in a song. I don't know. It was weird. And it kind of, like, opened my eyes up to, like, you know, check out more of not just of their stuff, but, like, other stuff in general. Like, because, you know, things have certain genres that feel not necessarily negative stigmas, but they just have, like, reputations that are like, oh, 
K-pop is this kind of music or, you know, boy band music is this kind of music or whatever. So sometimes without even thinking about it, you tend to just like not disregard certain types of music, but you just like gravitate away from listening to them. If I'm just like browsing music in general, just like, oh, what do I feel like listening to? Like I would probably just skip over the K-pop genre without even like giving it a second thought. Not because it's bad or anything. Like you put it all in one box and just put that box. Yeah, like, oh yeah, country, blah, blah, blah. Like whatever. Just people have those genres that they just, even if they don't hate them, they just never really give them the time of day because they either assume they're not, it's not for them or because they've never given a shot, they don't know what to expect and they want to listen to something that's more safe. So yeah, I was kind of glad that I heard of this because it made me, you know, give other things more of a shot and I've given things more of a shot. Also, I, I keep giving mumble rap or more <laughs> like things like more of a shot every once in a while, but I, I still don't like it. And I still can't really get into the lyrics. I think I ended up liking it less sometimes when I listen to what the lyrics are saying, which also goes back to, which also goes for a lot of oldie songs. I typically would call myself a, in general, like a really big fan of oldies. Oh man. I actually bothered to listen to the lyrics to a lot of these really oldie songs. I'm talking like fifties and sixties and songs that I used to really like. Now I'm like, oh, this did not age well at all. But um, yeah, that's all I gotta say. I'm I'm similar to you about lyrics. Like lyrics don't I don't pay attention to songs for lyrics. Um, I mean, how else would someone who has a kid who was as happy go lucky as me like Lincoln Park as much as I did? But um, yeah, it it is interesting. We actually try and listen to the lyrics like a lot because I, as you know, I listen to a fair amount of rap and like not really like the mumble rap, SoundCloud rap, but like other rap. And case in point, like my runner up album of the year might be like Pusha T's uh, It's Almost Dry, I think is what it was called. And like every song he's like, yeah, cocaine. <laughs> I, I, I used to deal cocaine. Like I used to be a drug dealer of cocaine and like I sold bricks of cocaine and cocaine, cocaine, cocaine. I'm not a connoisseur of cocaine, but I like how it sounds, not the lyrics, but the sound of the song, the production, the, the um, you know, how they put together the beats, like uh, all that stuff. But I don't particularly care about cocaine and yet I still like the song. So yeah, I, I get what you mean about the lyrics. Um, you know, kind of sometimes catching off guard if you like the rest of something. Yeah. And sometimes it does kind of make it, it does change your perspective on them. Even though like, you know, sometimes they shouldn't, sometimes like there's some songs that I didn't never really heard before until I finally listened to them. And I'm like, Oh, I think I like it more now. Or it feels even more relevant to like what I'm going through or how I feel or which, right. you know, kind of helped with, you know, like with Blackpink, like they're not, you know, ha- some of it's in English, some of it's in Korean. So at least like the English parts, like some of the lyrics are like, oh, okay, that's cool. But then other times, you know, you just, it's just another instrument, which is also, you know, like you, like I also see the voice in most music just as another instrument. But, you know what's funny about but, that for me? I'm not good with, I'm not good with songs in different languages like i need it to be i like i don't need it but i prefer it to be in english but i don't care what they're saying in english if you're gonna be in english be in english or if you're gonna it's like listen if, if you're gonna sing sing in english i will ignore what you're saying if you want to be like misogynistic rat i will ignore that and you Damn, can say you must really hate those stuff, but i want to know you're so saying fun. the stupid stuff like i want to hear the stupid stuff i just don't care that it's stupid which makes no sense but yeah like i can't like the whole like um latin music trend right now like there's a lot of songs that like Latin artists are hopping onto that have, you know, like, or by someone who sings in English or like Coldplay did something with BTS at one point. And I was like, that's one of the few I've kind of like let slide. But for most part, I'm like, oh, I, I don't know what they're saying. This is weird. And like, it just bothers me, which makes, again, zero sense. 
given that I don't care about what they're saying. But I just want to know what they're saying. I'm I'm weird. Anyway, Kevin, what was your best? <laughs> what was your favorite album? Uh, I definitely don't have enough. Uh, I don't have as much to say about this album, considering that no one, neither of you two, know this band. Uh, hmm. But uh, if they're listening, Surf Curse, Magic Hour, their newest album. Surf Curse has been one of my favorite bands for a while. You guys actually might know it if you're on TikTok. There's there's that song uh, called Freaks that apparently got really, really viral on TikTok. Uh, Listen, I'm of the age where I watch reels that are reposts of TikToks. So if I see it on a reel that's reposted from TikTok, I'll let you know. Uh, then maybe. But uh, aside from that, yep, that's <laughs> just one of my favorite bands releasing another solid album. That's all I'm really going to say. That's fair. That, I mean, hey, it's it's always exciting when a favorite band puts out new music that's like lives up to the expectation, you know? Yeah, I can't say about um, same about Arctic Monkeys, the newest album, but it is what it is. Yeah, I, uh, for me, if we're talking about like, coincidentally also a favorite artist situation, uh, this one goes all the way back to the start of 2022. The one that really stuck with me most, I think, is The Weeknd's uh, Dawn FM, which I talked about on the show when it first came out. But it's just – it's so cool because it was like – well, one, I really like like synth, electronic pop, stuff like that. But two, um, it was just a very cohesive like package of an album. The whole thing set like um, you're listening to a radio station as you're transitioning into like purgatory or through purgatory. Like, like it's like you're in a car that's going through it. And it just flows very well. Jim Carrey narrates it as the radio DJ. But all just like it, it, it's obviously sliced into songs, but it sounds like one cohesive thing. And it's just really well done. And it like it, it's Weekend toyed with this sort of stuff with After Hours, his previous album, and a little more before that, too, with or a little less before that, too, with his uh, Starboy album. But just something about the cohesion of Don FM and, and the danciness of it and everything. It was just, it's just a really good album. And like I feel like the Weekend's in like peak form right now. And I'm very excited to see what he do, does next. And also, I got to see him on tour in September uh, where he performed this and After Hours. And it was a really, really good show. So it kind of like breathed new life into the album for me. So, um, yeah, that's that's my pick is Don FM. Um, I feel like it was kind of a weird year for albums, for me at least. Like there were a lot of singles and individual and like pieces of albums I really like, like three or four songs here, three or four songs there. But there were very few like cohesive projects, like full projects where I would listen front to back. I think the weekend was the biggie. I mentioned Pusher T. Um, there's a there's this rapper named IDK who put out something called Simple with Kay Trinado was the producer on it. It's like a five six song EP that was really solid. Um, but yeah, for the most part, it's also like a smattering of random songs this year. So it was kind of interesting not to have more album like actual full albums to choose from. So, but Don FM would have taken it regardless of what else came out. To be honest. So yeah, that's my that's my best album. So congrats to um, I'm sorry, Ken. What did you say the band was Surf that Curse. yours was? Right. Okay. So congrats to uh, Surf Curse. Yep. Surf Curse. Surf. Surf Curse. Yep. Them. <laughs> yep. Congrats to them. Congrats to the weekend. Congrats to uh, the Ninja Turtle composer. And I guess shout out to Blackpink. Um, Van Lisa. Here. <laughs> here's um a category that Angel made a point to make sure we include because he said it every time we talked about this. He's like, don't forget this one. So, Angel, what is your favorite product of 2022 and why? Well, I think I said it earlier, but my favorite product, or at least like my new thing that I bought this year was my new 12-inch iPad Pro because I've had an 11-inch one for a while now. But in general, Ooh. just it's nice having one that won't crash on me every once in a while when I'm trying to draw. So it's just been an amazing upgrade. It's just the biggest screen and everything. But if you want to get something a little more quirky, 
um, that isn't just like, you know, it's this new electronic of the year. Um, my actual favorite product of the year is something I got relatively recently. It's a um, chopstick holder, but it's in the shape of a cockatiel. And it's pretty amazing. And it makes me happy every time I look at it. It doesn't do much, but the fact that it makes me smile no matter what is great. And I wish all products did that. I'll send a picture right... I I can say the exact same thing about my product of the year, which is is. uh, the Steam Deck. Uh, It doesn't do much, but it it makes me smile whenever I see it. (laughs) Wait, what what, did you say? My Steam Deck. It doesn't do much, but, oh, it, makes, but it makes me smile whenever I see it. So. <laughs> I wish I could say my favorite. Um, I guess kind of same deal. The Playdate um, doesn't do much anymore. We I talked about mine. pros and cons. <laughs> that's how that I, I know. Wow, but I really? Thought, like, I think yep. he did. Yeah, got rid of it. Like, conceptually, I think the Playdate's super cool. I like the idea of an indie oh, game. Picture I like the crank and the quirk. Um, we'll circle. Oh, that's a really cool chopstick holder. It's so for people at home that can't see it because you're not all in our little RAM Nintendo group chat. Um, it looks like a bird that's sitting, like just sitting and lounging, you know, like a bird sits. But its back is where you put the chopstick, and its tail's up in the air to hold the chopstick in place. Yep. Is that an accurate description you'd say? Yep. Just the bird. Yeah. On its back. But anyway, um, the play date, yeah, I. Uh, Conceptual is really cool. I think the crank is a really fun – like I love weird control inputs. I think – like one of my favorite – one of the reasons I'm such a big Nintendo fan is because they do so much weird stuff that's just like out there and bizarre and quirky and the Playdate captures that spirit perfectly. But man, that screen is small. Man, that lack of a backlight really actually was a hindrance for me. And just like the way they rolled out the game so quickly and then just nothing, it just like – yeah, it, it it has some growing pains. Um, but I think just on principle, it should be my favorite product. I will give a shout out. I don't know if it's my favorite, but I'm going to give a shout out to the Apple Watch Series 7 as well. Because to this day, I've had it since May. I upgraded from a Series 3. And to this day, every time I look at the screen, I always think, wow, the screen's so much bigger. It's really not much bigger. It's like two millimeters bigger. But it, the fact that six months, seven months later, I'm still like, wow, look at that screen. That's a sign of a pretty quality product if I'm still impressed with the screen after seven months. So um, I feel like in concept play date should get in ex- in actuality my Apple Watch is what's getting it. Um, but congratulations mm-hmm. to the other winners, including a cockatiel chopstick holder and a Steam Deck that sits. <laughs> I actually do want to do one more shout out. Um, this one didn't get it, but it definitely actually it still wouldn't have beaten the the cockatiel chopstick holder. That one is a pretty tough one to beat. Um, but I definitely have to shout out the analog pocket because it did arrive this year, mm-hmm. even though I mm-hmm. bought it a year ago. I'll talk way more about it in depth on a regular episode but it actually achieved its sole purpose yes i just spent 150 bucks on a game boy color that looks like it was made by apple um that feels <laughs> though, like it was also slick. made by apple like it feels it's premium pretty as heck, slick, but let's be honest but it has like an amazing screen and it has all the hardware needed to run these games naturally not like through emulation which it also can do so I can also like load up everything to a micro SD card, but I want to run my original cartridges because I still have a bunch of them, especially the Japanese Rhythm Heaven cartridge that I played on my 3DS, and it was fun, but you know, like it wasn't crisp and clear as it could have been. And this thing delivered in spades, and I've been 
playing Rhythm having Game Boy Advance on it since then, as well as my Game Boy camera, which is super awesome. I think I'm actually just going to take that to Japan and just take pictures with it, all 10 picture slots that it lets me take. But <laughs> and I, di- I did find the Game Boy printer that we got at the book off as well. So I Oh, you actually... did find it? Yeah. You found it? Oh, you're gonna need a pr- well. What you need to do is take that to Japan and print out the sets of ten photos, and they could just clear them out and make more, and they have a little uh, scrapbook you could put together Game Boy color, uh, Game Boy camera photos from your trip. Yep, very horrible low quality. One of the first cameras, like digital yeah. cameras, point two megapixels. Wow, <laughs> probably one of the I first believe. ones that actually like let you take a selfie naturally. Yeah, know. Nintendo was ahead of the curve on selfies. Wow, Nintendo had a curve about a lot of stuff. Their weird quirkiness that I was just commending a minute ago, like that has put them at the forefront of a lot of stuff that was just ahead of its time. I mean, touchscreen on the DS was four or five years before the iPhone. Yeah. But yeah, yeah shout out to Analog Pocket. Awesome piece of tech. But nothing beats a cockatiel chopstick holder. I actually want to reset I want to reset and my, uh, my award. Awesome. I'm sorry. You're taking back the Steam Deck. Oh, yeah, I gotta. gotta oh man! You're gonna make me rip the envelope off of the. Yep. Off, is this, off wait, of, is this like the like producer, the producer one? The producer is running up on stage. He's apologizing <laughs> to the audience. Uh, the quarantinis are having a La La Land moment. Wow, we made. We're big now, guys. We made it. No, but um, my, uh, the, the, the the creator of Half Life is crying. Yeah, he had to <laughs> run out. Gabe knew was crying in a corner. <laughs> yeah, I forgot the thing. Uh, I, no, I, my, I know my, one of you. I totally forgot. My product of the year is my keyboard that I made. My first keyboard. Oh yeah. Oh, that's a really good one. Actually, well worth yeah. sending. Wow. Yeah. I totally, I totally forgot about it. Yeah, this thing. I, I love this thing. I, I use it every day. I love, and every day it's like I'm using it for the first time because I just love how it sounds. I love how it feels, and I made it. You know, it's a little piece of me now. It's a little piece of uh, Gobi history, and. uh can't wait to build. And all the keys I, are fully I, modular, right? I'm sorry. And the keys are fully modular. I don't know if you know what modular uh, means. Doesn't that just mean you can like customize them, like remove them and put different ones on? Isn't that what modular is? I guess in the sense, but what you're thinking of is is the switches are hot swappable, so I can switch out the 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 key switches. So. I can make them sound clackier if I want. Well, I can't make them sound clackier. I'd have to buy new switches. But yes, every single piece of this, I can, with the exception of the board and the frame itself, I can I can replace with pieces that I want. I just need to look up what exactly modular means. So I don't want no, to I thought that was a modular man. I just really enjoyed how you said that, Kevin. I don't know if you know what that means. Well, I guess I thought that I, is what modular you do, is. You do know what modular means, but I guess just it doesn't fit the description of what of what. A, a keyboard, I Mo- guess, can't be modular. It can be customizable. Modular is usually the full parts are swappable. So, like, it yeah, won't be like, oh, you can not swap. Because you can not only change the keycaps, but you could, also, like you said, also change, like, the No, 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 but modular cells. would be, like, a, a good example of modular, I think, is there's this phone a while ago that tried to let you replace different parts. So, like, if you want to, like, put oh, yeah, on a Google. bigger battery, a you can pop product. off the battery. I think it was, like, was it? Yeah, Google so. Aria or something like that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So Google. that, where it's like, oh, do you want, like, you know, this battery pack htc did it too like you want a a bigger camera okay pop off the big battery put on the big camera but they were all like self-contained units that you swap so those elements were modular but each thing was like a fully built baked Mm. piece yeah i could see hustle would just being a a cleaner way of saying instead of it has modular elements or something yeah 
Yeah, I, yeah. I apologize, Andrew. You do know what Majorf means. That was maybe, just a maybe, I won't give this to <laughs> maybe I won't give this back to the Steam Deck. <laughs> no, I think the keyboard is more because I mean, just sits. I mean, you you sent us a photo of it a while ago. I don't know where you posted it, but that thing looked nice. And the knob, I don't know why, but the knob is my eyes just always go to it because it's like, why does the keyboard have a knob? But yeah, well, it stands. It's the only round thing on a square yeah. keyboard. Like everything's square, and then there's a little circle. And also, heated on it, which is awesome. Yeah, cool. I've I built I built two more keyboards after this one, but this is still my my first love. I I love this thing. Well, this this is a good uh, potential segue then to the next category. First of all, congratulations to our products, of which there are so many because we kept flopping around. So I'm just going to say congrats to all of <laughs> them. But um, it, it segues well. What would you say your favorite experience of 2022 was? Was ganging the keyboard building up there for you, Kevin? Uh, no, not necessarily. So I, have, I hadn't traveled since we came back from COVID until this year. I know it's, mm. it's travel eh, kind of lame, but no, I, I went to... I went to Orlando, which I'm gonna be honest, really sucked. Uh, but it, <laughs> but there's just something about like not being home that I really yes. like. And so even if it was, it was a nice hotel. But even if it was Orlando, I was still away from home. And I went to Minnesota, which was really cool. Went to Minneapolis, that was awesome. Uh, off off for work, but still getting to getting to know, you know, walk around town a little bit. It's it really cool explore yeah yeah exactly so that's it. i love exploring new places yeah, yeah. so like traveling tra- being able to travel was was really cool that's my, my favorite experience that's a really good answer yeah that's not too far removed from mine but i'm curious uh angel what what would you say your best ex- favorite experience of the year was uh, it's so tough i'm kind of cheating with mine like I'll, the runner i'm gonna be cheating with mine too yeah I, I, then i probably know what it is oh actually i probably don't um but yeah my runner-up just because i have to call it out um was just lego this year i had a lot of good experiences of building so many different legos especially the bowser one i don't know what it is like but they're it's just amazing i love how like you could tell they put so much attention to like just the building process not i'm not even talking about just what how the final product looks but you could tell like they try to make it as entertaining as possible like if you're going to do something very repetitive for a while don't break it up so that you do like a couple then you switch to something else. Then you'll come back to do a couple more. Then you switch to something else. It's like I didn't expect to be. I didn't expect it to be that level of like entertainment because I guess building it is supposed to be you know half the fun or most of the fun. You know half the time you don't even you just keep the figure, the statue, or the set built and that's it. Like you never build it again. So I guess it makes sense that they try to make the building experience as fun as possible. But Obviously, I would have to give it to, and this is why I'm cheating, because I'm just calling it convention season, which is just, like, July. Oh, I'm cheating worse than that, so you're good. You're Because, like, I can't really pick between Anime Expo and Comic-Con, because Anime Expo, I felt like, was one of the best Anime Expos I've had in many, many years. It was just incredibly chill, probably the longest I've stayed at the convention, like, than any other year, like, almost, like, the entire day, every single day. And every day was just something new. Just went to a bunch of panels that normally wouldn't go to that were entertaining. Like, I don't know, just got a lot of open, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, incredibly fun, incredibly true, incredibly eye-opening. Just wouldn't, I don't know, just wish more like that. And it was also kind of like where the cockatiel world idea, like kind of like incepted. Like it's always kind of been there, but it's like where like it was like the situation was made like, yes, this is what 
this is what I'm going to be pursuing later. You should you should elaborate on that because I don't think you've talked about on the show your cockatiel world idea. I haven't. I don't yeah. think so. I mean, in a quick nutshell. I'm basically. I mean, I've already been drawing so many cockatiels. Like, there's like, there's just so many. I did like one every single week. I don't know if I've posted any on here. I used to post them on my Twitter. I kind of stopped doing that. I might need to figure that whole thing out. But essentially, as a side gig, my goal is to just start a business with just my cockatiel art, be it as stickers, books, little short comics, what have you. I don't know how much of my life it will consume. I don't know where it will go. Eventually, I would love to do figurines. Like, there's basically, like, nothing off the table. Like what I could do with these because there's no like cockatiel market. And if someone and, and, takes uh, that idea and runs with it before me, then now it would suck. But you know, I will still pursue it anyway. But I did already at point, least claim all my website and domains and stuff. I kept that so far. But uh, yeah. One point of clarification, because again, I don't know how many people listening know this or saw it on Twitter when you used to post it. These aren't just like, here's a cockatiel, here's another cockatiel. Angel does really cool art where he themes these cockatiels around various things in and out of pop culture like it's all these different cocktails and different outfits that are referencing different things and different designs and like they're all cohesive in how the cocktail looks but they have all these cool winks and nods he'll like layer multiple references onto a single one he'll do ones that are complete like wink and nod to specific things like it's it's really cool it's really elaborate you've done like what hundreds of them by now or something like that it's like 80 something it's getting there Okay, 80, yeah but it's so that that's when you say you're drawing cockatiels that's kind of the context it's not just like here's a bird and here's another bird they're really cool. Yeah, it's yeah. just kind of like pushing my, I guess, my drawing hobby or my passion just to like its appropriate level. Like at some point in my career, I decided I didn't want to pursue animation as like what I wanted to be like my main career. I did want it to be something that is it, it's always giving me joy or just something that I just really want to do. I ultimately like whether it be it, be it animation, be it drawing, I just want to be doing stuff that I want to do. And less so, like, animating for someone else. Even if, like, you know, oh, I get to animate on the new Ninja Turtle movie. Like, yeah, that's cool. But at the end of the day, like, I have to take that direction. I have to, like, animate it kind of how they want. You know, there's still some stuff I can inject there. Like, there's a lot of wiggle room in animation for that. But, you know, if I want to make a short of a cockatiel doing, I don't know, 10 kickflips for whatever reason, then I can do that. I don't need to go through producers and directors. But yeah, Anime Expo, super amazing. Also spent more money at Anime Expo this year than any Anime Expo ever and maybe even Comic-Con. I spent a lot. And obviously Comic-Con, also part of that convention season award because this year was probably one of the most amazing Comic-Cons as well. We went to a free Dragon Ball concert. Still got to meet, again, the Ninja Turtle creator. It was a little faster and quicker than I would have liked, but you know, still got a signature, still got to say hi. Got to walk around, see the giant Bowser statue, got to catch up with a bunch of friends. It was, it was chill. Got to enter another Smash tourney. I don't know. I actually didn't win this time, but that opponent was really, really good. So actually kind of, it was kind of like a nice, like, closure to that. I did ended up winning. Um, When you won, like you just got like a random pop from a box. And I somehow ended up with, like, a humongous pop. Like, it was, like, from the Eternals or something. And I ended up just giving it to someone that was just, like, walking, like, you know. Just it was this, like, really sweet child. kid that you gave it to who was so excited to have gotten this, like, giant. Yeah, it was from Eternals. It was this huge, like, XL pop. And they were thrilled. 
You made, yeah. I think you made that kid's day, honestly. No, yeah, they, they seem really happy, but it's like, I'm not going to carry yeah. that around all day. But, you know, it could, it's better off going to someone else. But, yeah, convention season was strong this year. And it glad it was because I know, at the very least, I'm kind of taking a break from Comic-Con. Like, I'm made, I might still go for one day. I did buy one day. We had the option to buy all four, as we luckily always usually do. But I just yeah. chose the one day to at least have the option to buy and, you know, enter the raffle multiple times every year. But, yeah, whether I even go this year, it's still up in the air. But I just needed a break from Comic-Con. Anime Expo, not really burnt out on it just because it's smaller in general. But, yeah, great year for conventions. This was a, a great year to go back to them in full force, I guess, because they were both closed for a while. Anime Expo had such a weird, like, back and forth before it started you know the whole like oh we're gonna cancel we're not gonna like honor no people's masks. refunds and yeah. yeah no vax now there's vax yeah but it worked out it was so crowded as heck but it worked out i'm merging your two so mine is a total cop out for best experience well if, if i need to give a very <laughs> 2022 was my best 2022 was a great year, but no, that's basically what I'm saying. So the oh, thing, God. if I had to give a very specific one, I might say the, the severance thing I was describing before, the interactive experience, that was super cool. But honestly, just the return to like more normalcy was so nice. It was so great to be able to go to Comic-Con and hang out with you guys down there and like all be in a hotel room and not be like, oh, we have to like distance and da 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 It was super great to be able to travel as much as I did. This summer just by, I don't know if it was like pent up travel angst or what but i was like for a while they're doing like a trip a month to various places san diego seattle whatever and then again i did like new york and then just utah this past week like it's really nice to be able to go places experience new things reconnect with old friends in familiar places um like i went to seattle i hung out with an old high school friend that um you know i don't get i didn't get to see that much in the last couple of years um go to concerts go to comedy shows like just being able to be out there again and not really like i you know i'll mask up i'll be safe i'm boosted all that jazz but like to be able to do that and have the option to then proceed with life was really nice and this year felt like the year that finally like kind of came back to reality like you know stuff like being able to go to music festival when we were young fest in vegas like i wouldn't have done that a year ago or two years ago it's super cool to be able to do that or like uh you know i got to do the um Taylor, I talk about clutch. Uh, I, literally four hours before the show started, I was able to secure a floor ticket to the Foo Fighters Taylor Hawkins tribute concert. Thanks to my, uh, well, I guess now fiance. Um, she, I don't know how she did. Face value the got the ticket. <laughs> but getting uh, engaged yes, wasn't you. your um, favorite experience. Oh, he said that was. I a guess it point. was. No, it was not a low point. No, it was it def obviously it was. Actually, in terms of the next category, that's where that factors in more. Um gang engage was certainly super exciting. And I think it goes back to the idea of like just normalcy. The fact that me and her were able to travel and go places and I was able to propose like in New York on a rooftop in Brooklyn that overlooked all of Manhattan. Like couldn't do that eighteen months ago, couldn't do that a year ago as easily. So it's just really great to have all those opportunities as a whole again and like kind of go back to life. So that it's a cop out because I'm basically saying everything this year was awesome. But like, honestly, it was so nice to be able to like connect with people again, hang out with you guys at Comic-Con, you know, do things like be able to fly across the country and propose. Like it was all just that whole concept of like life was really cool again. So, yeah, my answer is 2022 as a whole is my, <laughs> my favorite thing about 2022. But no, honestly, it's just it's nice 
we still have, you know, still got to be cautious, but it was nice to be able to work within that safety net and caution. Um, but it does roll into another thing. So this is, this episode goes up on January 1st. So we're in 2023, essentially, by the time people hear this. So do you guys have anything you're really looking forward to in 2023 as we kind of move into um, the new year? Let's see. I mean, just off the top of my head, games-wise, surprisingly, no. At least not right now. Nothing I could think of, just mainly playing games that I still want to beat. You know, we're still finishing off the Tales games. So I guess the new games, the new Tales games, I'll be able to start with my brother, which, you know, maybe some of them will make the list for our quarantines next year. Definitely looking forward to, you know, just new seasons on some shows, obviously, but... To call out some things. Um, more so than Spider-Verse. Maybe because I'm trying to keep my expectations very tempered. Almost to the point where I'm just like trying not to think about Spider-Verse too much. Or the Mario movie. But you know, there's those. Obviously my upcoming trip to Japan. Which is, it's happening so soon. It still feels like it's part of this year. Um, but obviously that's a huge thing I'm looking forward to. I mean, it's going to be hard to top starting the year with that. But... You know, I'm actually going to go to WonderCon this year in March or whenever it is. Oh, you are? And then there's yeah, Anime Expo again. But I don't know. Also, just seeing what living in a new city is like. Just getting down to a new routine. I mean, it'll be nice. So, yeah, a lot of that. Pinocchio. How about you, Kevin? Looking forward to watching that. <laughs> it might happen next year. At this oh, D- Del Toro's Pinocchio? Yeah. It's good. I saw it the other night. We can talk about it next episode. Oh, nice, yeah. I'm the stop motion super impressive. Yeah, if I don't watch yeah. it with my sister and brother-in-law, I'll just watch it by myself because I've been wanting to watch it. It's it's but... it's it's just, it's fun. Good. Yeah. Kind of dark, but good. Wouldn't um, have it any other way. Kevin, what about you? A 2023 things? Yeah, I'm looking forward to getting my nasals, my nasal problems fixed. Can't wait for that. Oh. God damn, That's... it's been a year and a half. But I'm more so than just a season changing, or wait, do you mean like healing, or like are you doing a procedure? I might, I don't know. Depend. I still have yet to see a, a head, nose, throat, ear, eyelid doctor, whatever they're called. <laughs> eyelid. <laughs> I don't know the head doctor. I've yet to see a head yeah. doctor. So finally seeing one in early January. So they'll let me know Good. what's wrong with my nose, and then we'll go Good. from there. That's a good thing to – good health is a good thing to look forward yeah. to. Yes. Fantastic. Yeah, I can't that's wait. A fair one. I think for me, it's I, it's like the three – it's like, mm, it's like the three M's. I'm really excited about the Mario movie. I'm really excited about the Mario Nintendo world. Like, it's basically a Mario theme park. So that opens in February. Mario movies in April. And, of course, because you guys already called it out, but the, the biggest M of the three M's is marriage. That's happening back half – back quarter of next year. So it's a pretty it, – usually going into a new year – I'm kind of like, oh, yeah, I'll be fine. There'll be some cool stuff. There'll be some cool games. This is the first year in a long time that I'm like, there are three major things I'm super psyched for. And, of course, it's playing between. There's Kong again. I'm doing a trip to Hawaii over the summer for a week. Like, there's a bunch of stuff. But, like, those three, there's games, you know, Pikmin 4, Zelda. But, um, yeah, the three M's for me. The mm of 2023. Mario movie, Mario theme park, marriage. In that order of importance, no, but um, yeah, so that that's kind of like this is the first time in a long time I'm really psyched about a new year happening versus it just being a rollover of what's already been going on. So should be a cool year, and and you guys will be at the wedding or at least invited, obviously. So oh crap, that reminds me, I have to I have to reply to one of my other friends who 
told me to save the date. I save the dates coming out sometimes. Well, I'm sorry, listeners, you will not be receiving save the dates. I don't have enough room, but um, you guys will be getting something probably in a couple months. We already have the venue locked in. Oh, wow. Nice. So, yeah, we managed to get it in like a week from when we started to when we booked it. So it's all coming together. Nice, yeah. nice, nice. That's exciting. Yeah. yeah. So that, yeah, it's super, it's super exciting. It's it's such, like, it's such a big life change, but it feels so, like, organic in, like, the right time. So I'm I'm really excited about it. Um, but, yeah, 2023 should be a fun year. Um, I guess that does it. Anything else you guys want to touch on as part of the quarantinis? I think that no, I guess we it. kind of touched everything. I mean, it was almost like a. It was almost as long as an award show. Yeah, I was gonna say it's it just ran as long as an award show. So, uh, with that, I guess we'll do what every award show does, which is just it and ends very anticlimactically with just good night. But we do have to do our housekeeping. So, um, first of all, thanks to everyone that's been along for the ride with random Nintendo turning into random Nintendo throughout twenty twenty two. We had that transition. Um, I think I speak on behalf of all three of us, but certainly from my perspective, it's great that so many of you stuck around and continued listening, and we appreciate the support and the feedback that you leave on Twitter and in comments and on YouTube and all that jazz. And if you want to become part of the people that leave the feedback, you can find us on Twitter at Ram Nintendo. You can find us on YouTube at Ram Nintendo. You can find us on podcast apps of your choosing, be it Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, um, Pandora, and I already said YouTube, so we're good there. Um, individually, we're tr- on the Twitters. I am JSR7. Angel is Wero, W-E-I-R-O underscore O. Kevin is KVN Gomi. Um, I think that might be about it. Uh, I'm going to let you two fight to the death for a final word. Oh, you win, Angel. Congratulations. Oh, no. Nice.